<laughs> Usually I have a song for Justin. Yeah, have one for me today. This week I was on top of it. Uh, I think we always liked that song because my favorite lyric is "Use a window shopper, mad as fuck when I drive by." Yeah, it's the greatest. I and think, I think <laughs> the music video wasn't him walking around with like huge ice cream cones and like yeah, and all kinds candy. of like weird stuff that was like, um, like he's at the beginning of it. He's like in a jewelry store, right? Like talking to some Arab guy. That's like, right. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even understand it. I also we'll get to it later, but uh, I think Fifty Cent sucks. Yeah, because already worst. a lot of people commented uh, last week after episode telling me that I was wrong and the new Eminem album is incredible. No, all the people. Okay, everybody on like Shady Aftermath. Basically everybody. I, I mean, like Royce. Yeah, Royce was okay, and Obi Trice was good for like two albums. Right, but aside from that. Every single person has been on that label was terrible. Yeah. 50 Cent included, like, Get Rich or Die Trying and Power of the Dollar were the only two things he ever did that were good. After that, he was the worst rapper that ever existed. I think you are distinctly forgetting a song where the chorus goes something like this. Clickety-clank, clickety-clank, the money goes into my piggy bank. Is that his or is that on an Eminem album? I, who cares? I'm just saying. It's them together. Isn't that uh, oh no, it was Piggy Bank. It was off. Of, it was off of the massacre or whatever. Yeah, or something like that. So welcome to Big Snackers, uh, episode ten. We're here. We got a great episode planned. We uh, we have John Jughead Pearson of Screeching Weasel, who's going to give us a long, in-depth talk. And Justin and I are probably more excited than we ever have been. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's a man that started a band. That's the reason I play music. It's tattooed on my arm, so I'm gonna geek out a little bit. Is it bit. tattooed on your heart? Ooh, that's yeah, a Screeching Weasel know, song. Pretty good. Uh, we have, we also have Ghostface Killer is going to be stopping by. He just released his third annual Softest Rappers in the Game, which is by far my favorite article online every single year. I'm still a little bit sick, so I have this weird voice, but I can still tie that this, Justin. But I'm going to put it this way. Uh, this week, my slogan is looking good, feeling good. And I'm which doing you're both. Doing neither, no, you just admitted that you're not feeling very good. I got a cold, but I'm feeling good other than that. And you're also not looking, looking good. You're not looking good. I'm looking good. You're not looking good. I'm you looking good. You have a terrible, you look terrible right Why? now. Why? I mean, not physically you don't look terrible, but you're wearing like what I would describe as a tiny top hat that is red, like kind of like fake red crushed velvet with like a red bow on it, I think. I am. You're right. I'm yeah, wearing that. You're also wearing it backwards. Okay. Well, first and of all, that's because I had to put these headphones on. There. Is that better? But no. For, you, putting the headphones on doesn't make you put a hat on backwards. Listen, I this is basically what happened, okay? On this past tour, we were playing a Halloween show in Florida. Yeah. And every year, I don't dress up for Halloween. And it's not because I'm like a grump. I don't love Halloween. I don't dislike Halloween. Halloween is whatever. My girlfriend was like, you should dress up. You never dress up. And she likes Halloween. So I said, all right. So I didn't know what to be. So I kind of got a mishmash of things. And what I did was I got a red miniskirt, okay. put that on over some boxers, yeah. put on this red top hat, and just smear blood all over me and had no shirt or pants. Um, why? I, I don't know. That's just what I was for Halloween. Oh, okay. And then today, as I was walking out of my house to come over and record this podcast, 
I, uh, I saw the hat and said, man, that's my new personality, so I'm just going to wear it everywhere. Why would you ever see a hat and think that would be your personality? I would also like to add to you, this hat is actually an extra large size, but it looks like a tiny hat because my head is so big. Yeah, that's true. You've never been able to wear hats. I can't wear hats. I'm no. actually going to take it off. I feel like an asshole just wearing this thing. But I thought you were oh, looking good, better. feeling good. I'm still looking good, feeling good. You know why? I got these new Jordan basketball shorts on with the matching Jordan sandals. Big Snackers money. Look at that right there. Oh, my God. These basketball really shorts do. were $50. You really do. I do. I do. Worst. So we have a good episode coming up. Um, I guess you had a song for me. It's unfortunate because I had a very good song for you, but next week it's okay. I'll get you back. Okay. But uh, do you want to start with some questions? We actually got a ton of questions this week. We're going to get to some of them. Some of them we're going to ignore that are dumb. And then I will answer some more next week. Yeah. Um, I would like to say that the downloads are still getting crazy. So thank you, everyone, for supporting us and letting us do this. We've been talking to some sponsors, and uh, we're very lucky. So thanks for listening to our opinions and agreeing or disagreeing with us. Yeah, them. thank you very much. I really appreciate it a lot. Actually, we crossed 110,000 the other day. And that is crazy. So that's one-tenth of a million. I don't know why I said that as people are stupid, <laughs> like they don't know the math. I just meant in my head, that's crazy hey, to think about. Hey, fucking idiots, it's one-tenth of a million. <laughs> no, okay, what I'm saying, Why don't no, you go, <laughs> fuck no, yourselves, don't ever listen again. That's what Ryan was just saying. No, what I was Sorry. saying was it's crazy to me that we have that, that many people who listen. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy and excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's, let's answer some questions. Okay. Um, you go ahead and go first because for some reason this thing is the worst fucking piece of shit. Okay, I got a couple. One told us not to reveal his name, so we'll respect him and do that. But that one's not yet, so it's okay. Uh, this question is from a guy named Gus. He said, since you guys are from Ohio, I'm just curious as to how you feel about LeBron James. Love him, hate him, don't care. Uh, I'll admit when it comes to sports, I obviously know who LeBron James is. I really just follow NFL, though, and I love football. And I'm unaware, except that I think a lot of people hate LeBron James and some like him, but he didn't he rape somebody? No. No, Ryan, he didn't rape anybody. <laughs> you said this in the car. I still don't know where you got the idea that he raped somebody at. Oh, I'm not even trying to be, like, weird or goofy. I th- really thought. No, Kobe Bryant was the one that's, that everybody okay, thinks. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. really don't follow basketball that much. But, uh, no, he didn't rape anybody. What it was was the reason why everybody is mad at him and whatever is because a couple years ago – when he was on the Cavaliers in Cleveland. Yeah. Like, he was basically their entire economy in Cleveland. Like, you know, everybody came there to watch he's him. really he was, good, right? Yeah, he's really good. I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't watch basketball either. Right. I just know the story. So, when he had decided that he wasn't sure if he was going to stay there anymore, he's from Akron, so everybody figured, well, that's your kind of your hometown is Cleveland, so you right. should probably stay there and play and continue helping them try to win a championship. So he hadn't won a championship in a couple of years, so he decided that, you know, maybe it was time to move on, which would be normal for any other player, but since he made a big deal about how much he loved Cleveland and how he was from there. Right, right. Well, the reason why everybody got mad at him was because, and I would normally think this was really funny, but it was kind of a shit move to do, dick move to people, is he bought like a half an hour television special on ESPN to build up to the very end when he would say what he was going to do, whether he's going to stay in Cleveland or go somewhere else. Right. And then at the very end, he comes out in a Miami Heat uniform with, like, Dwayne Wade and somebody else. So oh, like, wow. Yeah. So it's like, it's like so you didn't want to stay in Cleveland. You made a half an hour 
video essentially about how you don't like them anymore and then you came out and then the next year they won the championship so it's like the heat did or yeah the heat did wow yeah well i was gonna say i could talk about football all day but since i'm not much about basketball i was gonna say i don't have an opinion but now that i know he abandoned ohio fuck him yeah i like ohio Look, I, I like don't, where we live. I don't care about LeBron, about LeBron James all that much, but honestly, like if you think about it, your first reaction to him isn't really that strange because he kind of looks like he wants to get really awful to like women. Really? Like he wants to. No, I, I like, think I was actually. I think just, I was singing a Kobe Bryant because he did he rape somebody? Yeah, well, okay. allegedly, yeah. or like sexual abuse of some sort. Yeah, right? yeah. Anally? I mean, rape. That's what I. Um. I don't really know the particulars. I wasn't there, Ryan, so... All right, well, fine. That's fine. Uh, no, but I mean, like, look, if you look at a picture of LeBron James, you just think, like... Let's throw one up on the blog. Yeah. You just, when we're done. Yeah. See how long it is until someone sues us for abusive character on this yeah, podcast. He can go fuck himself. Okay. He has so much money. Why would he sue us? True. Of course, then again, rich people are usually the ones who sue everybody the most. Do you so. think he has Jordan shorts, though? Is he jealous of me? No, he has, his, like, his own. Oh. He has his own brand of okay. awful shorts. All right, well, uh, you want to go ahead and do a question, and then I'll go back with one? Yeah, this guy, um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. This guy on Tumblr asked, and of course, like, my phone's, like, pausing up or whatever. You can go ahead and ask another one. Okay. I'll try and... This is a more serious one, I think, so we're going to try and answer it good the best we can, but uh, question goes like this. Hey, so there's a girl I really like that I met on Tumblr. She lives far away, but she visited back in May, and I visited her in July. She doesn't seem to have the same feelings for me, but we text literally every day. Even if we aren't a thing, I still love being around her. Here's where it gets sticky. I want her to visit over Christmas break, but we're both poor college students. Having said that, I can actually afford the flight tickets, concert tickets, man overboard holiday shows in Philly. Pretty much everything. She says I'm not accepting so generous. Should I insist on paying for everything? So I don't think she listens to the podcast, but she might, so please don't use my name. Okay. Uh, That's well, good. Okay, here's the thing about that is like I think that both you and I have been in this situation before with different you know, relationships or whatever yeah. you want know, to say. But um no, you should never pay for everything, especially if you go out there. Well that... she'd be coming to him, I think, right? Oh, I thought he meant I think you'd be flying her to him and then buying the concert tickets for the show. Here's what we can mm. do though, I have an idea. Yeah. I do think that in a situation where if you really like this girl but you're not sure if she feels the same way, but you like spending time with her. And she obviously, if she's thinking about it, likes to spend time with you. I think you guys should try to spend time together. I think you paying for everything, though, could seem excessive. Yeah. But if she doesn't have the money, what we should do is we should use this podcast to help someone's love life. And we should try to get you free tickets for this show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I think we should do as well. Um, that way... You don't have to worry about her thinking that she's in some weird position. Because this is what happens when you start paying for everything. Especially if somebody comes to visit from far away. Or or, or even, like, not far away, but for a long, you know, amount of time. Is that if you make, or you, you pay for things, they, in their head, associate that with a certain expectation you would have of them. Probably sexually, I would imagine. And if yeah. that makes them uncomfortable, you know, whatever. But... I, I mean, it's still, but it, it makes people feel like they're in debt to you in some way. It's well, the same reason say, why, like, you don't, if you let somebody borrow money, you never ask about it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think guy, girl, doesn't matter. If I'm with someone and they're paying for everything, I'm going to feel like they either expect something or I owe them something, even if they don't. 
Mm-hmm. You could be the nicest guy ever and have no bad intentions, but I think yeah, I think spending money on plane tickets, concert tickets, and food is a lot. Yeah, for someone that you're not sure about. It's a ton. Like yeah, that's just I mean, and that, that's the other thing is like is like I don't know. I mean, he says he's a college student, you know, so I'm assuming he's probably like twenty, yeah, early twenties, late teens, early twenties. The thing that you don't do is you don't. That's the um, common instinct for anybody who's that age is that they think that the best way to show somebody that they're worth something is to spend a lot of money on them. And that's not usually the best way. The best way to do it most of the time is to show that you actually listen to the person. You know what I mean? Like if they say that's too much, if they say like, no, that's too nice, and they say it more than like a couple of times, don't. Don't force them into the situation where like it makes them uncomfortable. Right. With it you sounds doing like that. she wants to hang out though. Let's yeah. let's try to help. Let's see if yeah. we can get you some free tickets Absolutely. to the Man Overboard Holiday shows. So I will email you back and keep you in touch. And next week, if we make this happen, we're gonna have this guy on, and we're gonna show that Big Snackers cares. Yeah, and we can make people have a good time. I agree. So that's what we're gonna do. So uh, that's your answer. And next week, hopefully, we'll have you on with some good news about these shows. A plane ticket, unfortunately, we can't help you with. And uh, that's all you, buddy. So <laughs> let's look at this question real quick. The problem is is that I don't know why. Oh, here. Okay. Finally. Fuck. Okay. This guy asked, um, said, uh, could Mara be a fe- featured guest or maybe just the rest of mixtapes? Now, this is what I think about this guy. First of all, it's anonymous, so whoever you are, don't do that. My first initial thought was it was Mara trying to get on there, but yeah. she's she's not she's too weird to have actually asked this question straightforward. Like you would think there would be something else to it, right? It's possible. It's very possible. Uh, I guess the answer to that is I think eventually we'll probably have the other people here. Yeah. Uh, we don't all live in the same area as each other, and actually our bass player lives in Louisville, so yeah. having all of us in one room, not on tour, does not happen that often or easily. But if there happens to be a Tuesday when everyone's around or we're practicing, then yes, because we do this every Tuesday. But more importantly, we have Ghostface Kill on today. Yeah, I know. That's way more... my band that writes really simple songs. But we appreciate it. Mara's just going to talk about her Spock costume from Halloween anyway. Something like that. Or like Battlestar Galactica or some show that no one watches except all my friends watch it. Can we talk about some I don't get? You might be offended because maybe you like it. You know what show sucks? Doctor Mm. Who. I like it, but I'm not like I don't get as it. big as everybody and else. And I like sci fi, and I'm a nerd. And I've been trying to get into it, and people are like, best show ever. I keep on watching it, and I'm like, I am totally missing out on something. I, I'm, I mean, I don't know. If you watched it maybe from like the beginning of when it came back a couple of years ago, you might like it. There's a lot to like about it, but right. I also understand when people don't like it. Who gives a shit? If somebody doesn't like something, oh well. You Unless know? they're wrong. Like, people like the new Eminem album, and they're wrong. No, yeah. People can... That's the <laughs> thing that people don't get is, like, you can have an opinion, but your opinion can actually be completely wrong. You know? Like, when people are, like... Um, when I tell people... Like, I watched that... I watched The Walking Dead. Yeah. I fucking hate that show. I don't know why I watch it, but I'll I can't you this. stand it. I liked the comic, and I watched the first whole season of the show. And it's one of those things where... And people might be right. It's fine. But they said, you gotta keep on going past that. No. And I was like... I watched an entire episode of a few zombies getting shot in the head and people arguing. Yeah, no, you don't have to watch anything past. You don't have to watch anything past the first season because it was the only good thing they ever did with that show. And then after that, it went straight down the fucking shitter. But that the thing is, is that like people still talk about it and they go, "Oh, it's such a great 
show and I like all the characters and stuff. No, you don't. There are no characters. Everybody is just written however the writer feels like writing that week. Nothing is consistent and nothing is earned and about the drama. And the first season I'll send it a set. Like, to be fair, anybody that's already like, he doesn't know shit. I only watched first season. I've seen nothing past that. I was very bored. To be fair, I watched the first season of Breaking Bad about four to five years ago and thought it was just okay. Mm. And it literally took me two to three years to come back to it. Mm. And then I got completely obsessed with it. And you know, sometimes you might not be in the mood for something. I think when I watched the first season of Breaking Bad, I just I just watched Oz and Prison Break, and I was on this weird oh, prison yeah. action type kick. Yeah, yeah. So then, like Breaking Bad just wasn't for me that first season. But then I rewatched the first season, and then got completely obsessed. I think it's one of the best shows of all time. Yeah, but Walking Dead doesn't work that way because it literally goes from like the first season, like stuff happens, right, to every season from then on, like some things happen, but nothing really happens. The people just still arguing. Yeah. And I get their excuses, like it's not supposed to be an action show. It shows it's about people and the way they react. But yeah, but it doesn't seem like it's well done. That's no, fine. I don't not. need action. Anyway, I know people are going to fucking hate that, so whatever. That show is horrible, and you can talk to me all you want about it because I actually do watch it week to week. I just fucking hate it. It's the same thing as like at the end of like Dexter. I was still watching it. I couldn't stand that show anymore, but I watched the entire series all the way through. Dexter is weird for me, too, in the fact that I think Dexter... It's a perfectly cast show. I think Michael C. Hall's the man. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything they could have done to make it better to me. It's just that I read the books first. Yeah. So it's one of those weird things where I watched first season and I was like, this is cool. But they changed some things from the books that bother me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think I would like Dexter a lot more if I didn't read the books first. But I did. Apparently Game of Thrones, I didn't know it was even based off books. And my neighbors actually told me the books are way better too. But I haven't really gotten into either of those yet. Yeah, but game, I mean, I've read the Game of Thrones, like the novels for. I assume they're just more violent and graphic sexually. No, I mean, there's different things. Like they change like some of the characters, or they just you know completely ignore some of the characters in the show or whatever. But you don't really like. You can't. I mean, it's hard to make the argument that the books are better because they're. I don't know. It's just, it's a good show. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. not a bad show. I haven't started like, watching it yet. I need... And people should be fucking ecstatic at the fact that that show even exists at Agreed. all. But, I all mean... Right, out of curiosity, yeah. uh, top three shows, what would your list be ever? Ever? You had to pick. Hmm. I don't know. Breaking Bad's probably up there. Absolutely. Um, I hesitate to say Lost. Lost? I think any Lost fan will agree, much like you, is I think... Lost season one was cool and it set things up. Two, two, three, and four were some of the best TV of all time. Yeah, it was brilliant, and then it just totally lost everything yeah. after that. Uh, lost, not... I think, lost me when it was like this really cool show. It was very intriguing. You had no idea what was really happening. Then all of a sudden, you realize that it's present tense, past tense, future plus another dimension, and it's just like, okay, what's even going on? Like. Yeah. And I'll say this. I think you would probably agree with me. The people that wrote Lost from the very beginning said we know exactly how it's going to have it all planned out. Yeah, That's bullshit. Yeah, and I do not know. believe that for a single they second. They didn't know it all. No. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll say The Wire just because I love that show. Incredible show. People always say that it's like the stereotypical white person answer, but the only people I've ever heard say that are people who have never watched it. So it's like... Uh, the Wire's an incredible yeah, show. I love that show. I think The Sopranos... I mean, I could go on and on about the shows that I like a lot. Futurama, I think, is one of the best shows ever. Did you hear that it might be coming back on Xbox One? What, Futurama? Yeah, exclusively. Oh, that's weird. I was listening to an interview with John DiMaggio that does Bender's voice, and he said they got offered uh, an Xbox One exclusive thing. 
And I don't know. I don't know cool. if I'd like that because I thought I the series finale was really great. So like, I, well, he even described it as a show that'll never die, which is cool if you like it. But at the same time, shows even if they're great do need to die eventually. Yeah, eventually there comes a time away. for everything. Yeah, to please go. watch the last three or four seasons of Dexter to find out exactly why a show should die. I literally have only watched the first season of Dexter, but it's funny because everyone I know that's like, well, even if you want to get into it, just watch two, three, and four. Yeah, I wouldn't even like, watch the first. Well, no, I mean the first is actually. I, I, watched, the first I would one. watch the first one, but not the second one. Okay, I don't like the right. second one. But the well, third they said and fourth were great. The yeah. They were like, you don't need to go past. First. Oh no! Just to imagine that the character just died or went somewhere else and was like, you know what I mean? What I want more than anything, I don't know if you agree. We'll get into this later because I actually want to talk about movies today. But why couldn't Christopher Nolan ever just to put Michael C. Hall as the Riddler in a Batman movie? No, I know it'd been perfect. Man, it would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been perfect completely. It would have been no Jim Carrey. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, but 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 yeah. Well, we can talk about that forever, like about oh, things yeah. that should have been cast in comic movies. Sure. Like I thought that John Hamm should have been Captain America. It only made sense. Absolutely. Well, but, I do have a movie section coming up. We'll discuss all this because right. I, I want to talk about the new Batman vs Superman. All right. So bringing it down on Tumblr asked. Um, Ryan and Justin, I'd love to know what things that certain bands slash stand-up comedians do that irritate the living shit out of you. Big fan of the podcast, guys. I haven't stopped bugging my friends to check it out, which is awesome. So Thank continue you so bugging your friends. That's great. Let's make this interesting. How about you tell me what bands do that annoy the shit out of you, and I'll tell you what comedians do that annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> well, don't we answer it the way we're supposed to first, and then I'll then we'll answer it. Okay, because you're the comedian, reverse. and I'm not funny. Um, I try to be. Go ahead. The two biggest things that really annoy me that comedians do is, one, if they're on stage and they're fucking up and they blame the audience for it, like vocally blame the audience for it, it's not the audience's fault, it's your fault. You you're the it, one fucking up. As an example, do you mean basically like if you're not being funny, you mess up a joke, and the audience isn't laughing, blaming them like you're just smarter than them or something? Like yeah, it's over yeah. Their heads. Like if you're, if you're saying it in like a funny way it's where you're like, like... almost like the Carlos Mencia where he's literally not funny, but he basically makes you feel like if you don't laugh, you're racist. Yeah, in a way, <laughs> like, sort of. Yeah, like that exact kind of feeling. Like if you say it like, 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 oh, come on, guys, it's pretty funny. Like, you know, like, yeah. like obviously making fun of yourself because you fucked up the joke. Right. That's fine. But if you actually start blaming the audience, like, fuck you guys, that's funny. You know, like, because I've seen comedians do that and I've wow. seen them like melt down on stage and like, that's the first thing that happens is that turns the entire audience against you. Nobody wants to laugh at a guy who just you know, abuse them, basically. Yeah. Unless you're there to see somebody who is, like, an insult comic. And known for that. Yeah. Um, the Are other, there any great insult comics, though? I mean, Don Rickles. Right. Alive still? Carl Probably Pensia. not. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. Oh, if you know this, he's he's uh, Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, like, I don't know if there are any more... Really? I mean, there just aren't... Because nobody really does that kind of stuff anymore. It's not the way that things work right now. Right. I agree. Um, and then the other thing that I don't like that people do is... Uh, if Okay, if you're a comedian and you haven't watched a com another comedian perform, you don't have the right to go on stage and comment on that person's set. If you're not willing to watch the entire thing and pay attention... You're only going to pick out certain things that you think I was saying when I wasn't saying it. That makes sense. And you go on stage and challenge me without me being able to rebut to you. That's fucking ridiculous. And I don't fucking stand for it. And I yeah. will gladly tell you about it right after you're off stage. Right. Or I'll gladly go up and... Has that happened to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, a couple wow. of times. I mean, it happens to everybody at some point well, yeah, or yeah. another. 
But, I mean, and I'm not going to yell at them from off stage because I'm not going to heckle somebody who's, right. you know, doing what I'm doing. But you don't get to heckle me from the stage, you know, without hearing about it. Also, you know? that just almost seems more desperate because why can't you just get up there and do your act to make people laugh? Yeah. Why do you need to rely on making fun of the person in front of you? It doesn't make any it's sense. I, I don't. Issue. I don't do that. I don't like that. There's. I have certain rules about the things that I'll do and won't do on stage, and that's definitely one of them. I it's won't a do desperation that. move, and obviously in mixtapes, I've been known to like talk a lot of crap about other bands, but usually it's just if I have something to actually say that I'm serious about or just being goofy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's almost the same thing as my one rule is I never defend myself. And what I mean yeah. by that is. I think the worst thing bands can do, like, is just if they go on like Absolute Punk or some news website, you'll see somebody making fun of a band and having the band member come in there and try to defend himself. Oh, no, man, it's just that's, sad. Yeah. And it seems very like if you don't like your music or your comedy, that's fine. Yeah, but don't get on the internet and defend yourself. It just looks so pathetic. Yeah, and it also <laughs> doesn't do anything except for make you look like an ass because you can't win. You can't like, there's win. no way to defend no, every position. So all you do is you go on there and you agree with the people. Because that's the easiest way to piss everybody off right. is to agree with them that yeah. they're right, you know, about you. Exactly. But um, so what are your things? Well, other than that, obviously, you think that's stupid that they do that. I do, but uh, I think it's stupid when anybody does that, though. So it just doesn't need to be done. You're right. You can't win. Like if somebody got online and was like, "Your band sucks," would I get on there and go, "No, we don't." Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, when you well, don't, you're gonna sound like an idiot no matter what you yeah. do. People can have their opinion, and that's fine. Uh, me, Kickstarter. And before people get all hurt that I said that, I don't mean in general. I think Kickstarter is good, and I will say that I donated money to Kickstarter literally this past week mm-hmm. for a computer game being made that I think looks cool. I'm not against bands using Kickstarter. I'm against bands abusing it. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, I see it happen so much more often. That's such as something I think is cool. Uh, I've even had some friends' bands that like got in a car wreck. They were stranded in the middle of the country, like a 1,000 miles from home. Their van, all their gear was totaled. Yeah. And they started a Kickstarter, you know, like basically saying, hey, we're literally stuck. We have no gear. We have nothing. If you'd like to buy merch or help us out or donate money, we need to get a van trade back home. Like, I think that's fine. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to help out a band you like, which I get I could sound like a hypocrite because by that logic, anybody should feel free to help any band they want. And that's fine. But my personal pet peeve is when bands basically are like, we want to make an album, so give us money so we can go do it. Yeah. No. And maybe it's just because really I'm older and I grew up where it's like, yeah, you just work a job and save up money and go record. Yeah. Or like find a label or do it yourself. And like, I get people's arguments say, well, you're basically just pre-ordering the album, but it's still to me is just something about it just feels wrong and slimy to me. Kickstarters like that. It's I don't know. I just I hate it. Even bands I love, like I love Five Iron Frenzy, but when they did that Kickstarter for a new album and they got like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I I was pretty bummed i was just like man that's just so Uh, lame but kickstarters annoy me they have a bad taste in my mouth unless they're for a good cause which i think there are many good causes for them yeah and like video games i get like you'll see like one single developer trying to work by himself and i'll have like this incredible demo for a game yeah like i would love to make this game it's expensive i can't do it by myself and i've donated money to those yeah i I have no problem doing that yeah i uh i mean i've done that too i always i think i think if you have connections and the wherewithal to get it done you should never use kickstarter like the reason like i got really pissed off and people didn't understand why i got mad at like when zach braff used kickstarter to fund his movie right it's like you were on a show that was pretty fucking popular for about 10 years yeah you didn't save any money yeah also aren't you an actor who does like commercials and like all kinds of stuff can't you talk to producers? Don't you know people in Hollywood? Or does everybody hate you as much as I fucking do? <laughs> right. Like, you know, well, Kickstarter's, yeah, just seemed to me too many times. Like, uh, we want money to make an album. Give it to us. 
And actually, there was a time when I got into a pretty vocal internet argument with a band called The Classic Crime, who, first of all, to make this point better, have you ever heard of that band? No. No, no one has. But they used to be on Tooth and Nail. I didn't know anything about them. Mm. I just got annoyed because they put out a Kickstarter, and this is a good example, and they said, I don't remember the number, but it's honestly something like fifty or $60,000. said, if we can raise that, we can record an album and do a two-week tour. You need that much to do those things? <laughs> I was That's blown. fucking crazy. And luckily a lot of bands a lot bigger than ours got in my corner and kind of tried to call them out. Not to be mean, even like just this band, just to be like, these numbers are so unrealistic in today's day and age. But it's just stuff like that where I just think is greedy. So Kickstarters like that annoy me. That's a pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, I think a lot of bands nowadays just, I'm noticing like a lack of sincerity. And it comes in circles. And I think we've actually talked about it recently. I've talked to a lot of people. I think that there's like a cool movement coming. I don't even mean a certain genre of music. I just think music has gotten so ridiculous again, like in the scene, where I think there's going to be a lot of cool things coming out of people that are fed up with it. Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, I think there's a lot of people moving on from their bands to make other stuff because Absolutely. they're sick of the music. Yeah, that, you I know. completely agree. I think you can tell, and I think a lot of bands are under this assumption, and this is what I hate, actually. I'll tell you right now, I hate when I'm on tour, amazing this all the time, and they refer to, to people like their band as the kids. And I'm tired of people underestimating yeah. the kids, and I don't think kids nowadays are as stupid as people think they are. And you can tell when a band's serious or faking it or what's real and what's not real. And, like, literally, I'll just be talking to bands and be like, yeah, that shirt design sucks, but the kids buy it. I'm just like, you're a terrible Who person. Who are the kids? Like, I don't, what, what does that mean, like, exactly? Like, why is it just the kids? Why? What are you making music for, like, kids bop? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah you're trying thing. to get on uh, Now, that's what I call... And so many bands, whatever. even bands that call themselves punk bands, be like, yeah, the kids eat this stuff up. And I'm just like... I think these kids like, aren't as dumb you, as you think they are, and your time is hopefully coming to an end of popularity. Well, my, my question is, like, shouldn't you be the one eating your own stuff up? Because if you don't like it, who the fuck should like it? You exactly. know what I mean? Like, if there's no, like, genuine passion behind it, then what's the point, you know? Um, what, what do you, what, what is the thing that stand-up comics do that you don't like? Uh, really... I think the, the the most generic things I'm tired of that I wish a lot of comics, and we've talked about this before and brought up Hannibal Burris, which I thought he was a breath of, breath of fresh air, is like the main topics is I'm tired of every comedian having to talk about racism. Mm-hmm. Unless you can do it in a clever or new way, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of every black comedian talking about the difference between white and black people, and I'm tired of every white comedian talking about how they can't make racist jokes because they're not black, which makes you just sound ignorant in the first place. I don't place. understand that. It's such an ignorant, <laughs> dumb, basically racist thing to say. Yeah. Of being like, well, I don't get it because black comedians do this. Like, well, you just sound racist. <laughs> black why people, why black do you want to make jokes about black people so bad? I'm not I'm not allowed to make these jokes because everybody's... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to be racist because everybody will say I'm racist. Like, uh, Yeah, well, you kind of are. Uh, yeah. You sound racist. So that's, uh, that's a pet peeve. And the same way of just like every comedian where it's like, please stop talking about your wife. Oh, yeah. Every comedian, like, just these generic things. Yeah. It almost goes back to, like, be like if I told you I was going to get into comedy, and I was like, I got this great bit about airplane food. It's going to be real unique. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, those are my two main ones, I guess. Just, like, comedy has gotten so much farther, I think, in the last, like, five to ten years of, like, people like that stop talking about the same shit. The only way that that would even be funny is if you were you became, like, so minimalist. You were just, like, you're, like, 
oh, you guys, you know, airplane food's terrible. It just tastes like shit. Like, and that, that, that was the end I'm of gonna the I'm going to start doing comedy now. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to stand up. That's the like, whole thing. Man, you so know. So I got on an airplane. <laughs> I ate a steak. wasn't good. You know what I noticed? Black people are different than white people because we look different. This is weird. We got different pigmentation. <laughs> and we talk That's different. so strange. <laughs> I actually did uh, on tour, this last tour, in the van make up a character because I decided that I was going to be the next story of the cable guy. And I was going to take it just a bit step further of being more obviously racist and offensive, but not completely overboard. Yeah. And my entire tagline was going to be, get him out. <laughs> and so, like, I would talk about, like, homosexuals or other races, kind of like Larry the Cable Guy, and, like, the dumb American. Yeah. At the end of every line, about get him out. <laughs> and I think what's sad is, I think you'll agree, is if I did, I probably could make millions. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, uh, I, was I actually, that's weird because probably around the same time that you were on tour doing that, when I was at a party, I came up with the idea for a character very similar that would have a similar catchphrase, except all of the jokes would be about how, like, liberals are stupid and how everything they believe is dumb. And, like, I would have, like, jokes about how climate change wasn't real. But ever, at the end of every joke, I'd just say, go on, get. <laughs> go <laughs> so on, we, get. Yeah, go on and get. I like go it. Go on, get. So we can just go on tour together as those two characters. Go on, get and get them out. <laughs> yeah, go on, get them out. Uh, I mean, I can't even believe it. I walk in, two homosexuals want to get married, get them out. That'd be my guy. Like, he'd be offensive. What are you talking about, this climate change, global warming? I still see snow in the winter. Go on, get. (laughs) I think we can make millions. We just came up with basically the tag team comedy duo. Hey, you want to know something? What? The kids are going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for bringing it down for that question. Man, we, we went off a tirade there, didn't we? Yeah. Hopefully that suffices. I think it um, does. We should move on, probably. Uh, could you or trying trying not to look lost? Trying yeah, trying not to look too lost. Ask, hey, could you talk about castles, which is your your rap project that you were doing um, on the show? I'd love to hear about why that happened and whether there's anything new happening soon. Also, Scott Heisel is a fantastic guest. You should def- definitely bring him back. Thanks. Okay, first, first of all, Scott Hazel's an fuck asshole. Danny, yeah, yeah. Daniel. Um, uh, Scott Hazel is an asshole. Yeah, he was really shitty. Scott, pro- Scott probably just wants to fuck something. Yeah, seriously. He probably asked that question about Mara. Yeah. <laughs> um, or that question about the long-distance relationship, and then all of a sudden you're going to get a, a, a voucher for a ticket in the mail. Oh, no. That's what he was looking for. Uh, no, Scott was a good guest. We actually want to have him back on and finish, yeah. because we didn't really get to finish. But uh, mm, Yeah, I didn't get to finish at all. <laughs> oh, that's the jam Castles, uh, yeah, is my hip-hop group. Well, I guess... Is it based on the show Castle? It is not, actually. Is it just I'm, rap songs about the show Castle? <laughs> well, I was going to say, is that actually before mixtapes, I was in a rap group called Small Time Crooks, and Castles is the same guy dropper. that made beat. No one even knows who that is. How oh, am I name cool dropping? Name dropper. My whole group that no one knows what it is. Uh, you had uh, Young Nate on a song. We did. We did play some cool shows. We played with Kid Cudi. Uh, Mac Miller, Wiz Khalifa. Oh man, we got. Some... I'm gonna get your brew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Kamal, who played drums in Small Time Crooks, who actually played drums and mixtapes at the he, very beginning. He's been on our show. He has friend of the show a couple times. And Pat just started doing castles. Just a few of us, but uh, we're gonna do more. I don't know when exactly. We don't have plans. We just do it for fun. We just like to make rap music. So that's probably not the best answer, but. Uh, no, but there's some coming sometime. Me and Pat and Tim, the guy who rapped in Small Time Crooks, are going to make 
a full length rap album over the winter at some point. So something will be coming. So thanks for asking. Yeah, we like to make it. Wasn't that the guy who asked like four different ways, three different ways, Twitter, email, so. and this? He he wanted the answer. Yeah, he, he did. got it. He's a and smart he man. There's so your answer. Trying not to look too lost. That was your answer. Uh, Doug Walker, our friend, asked a question on oh, Tumblr. Oh God, Doug is Doug is from Cincinnati. He's a good man. Um, his part to me was just telling me. We'll talk about this later. That I played Call of Duty Ghosts, and that I needed to get GTA Five back so we can all play gangster tennis together. He's right. And then his question to you is an actual question. Ryan, if your band were contractually obligated to play an encore of only one additional song each night and you had to pick one of these, which would you pick? Oh, no. The Christian Mingle theme song, Jars of Clay, I Want to Fall in Love. That's the name of that song. Or the wrestler (laughs) Xbox entrance music performed by folk rap legend Uncle Cracker. Uncle Cracker Xbox theme. He gave us the name of the song. Uh, Uh, Which would you? He said, nice work, fellas, also. I don't know what the Christian Mingle theme is. I uh, want to fall in love for something I can't remember. It just it? sounds that like that. Yeah. All right. I want to fall in love. Yeah. Not that one. What was number two? Uh, the X-Pac theme by Uncle Cracker. That was number three. No, that was the second one. No, oh. the, those, he was giving us the names of the songs. Jars of Clay sang that Christian Mingle theme oh. song. It's called I Want to Fall in Love. We'll go with the X-Pac Uncle Cracker song because... Uh... Because you can get our friend Frank Martian... To be Uncle Cracker because of the time the German guy in an elevator told him he looked exactly like That's Uncle true, Cracker. Sure, Frank, who sang on a mixtape song, actually. Oh, did he? All comes full circle. So you guys threw that song out immediately because he's the worst. He didn't do a good job, but we left it on. It's called Six Quarters. <laughs> no, uh, Frank's, Frank's pretty awesome. Asshole. He's a good guy. He's in a band. He was in a band called Nancy, which you should look up because they were actually really good. Actually, no, no, why don't I even plug that? Frank can go fuck himself. I'm <laughs> sick of. Oh, I stopped drinking on this. Now I work out and do MMA. Oh, yeah, he got like in shape and he's he's an asshole. But uh, I have a good Lance. Frank story. Is we used to actually all of our friends would play Call of Duty Black Ops, and Frank would just get drunk every night and play with us. Even though yep. he worked at like eight a.m. Yeah. And uh, one night we were all playing. There was like six to seven of us, and he fell asleep, uh, drunk. And woke up, and I think half drunk and half asleep, called Domino's Pizza. Yeah. Well, we were playing with him, and he, we just hear him go, oh, cheesy bread, uh, and pizza. And we're like, Frank, Frank. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, can you guys hear me? And he was, like, really embarrassed. <laughs> and it was really funny. So, Frank, there's that. Good job, buddy. Uh, yeah, we love Frank. Uh, hopefully he listens to this and uh, goes back to drinking and playing Call of Duty because he was way funnier. Yep. Um no, actually, congratulations, Frank. You're no, a fucking Frank, no, piece Frank. of shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so thanks, Doug, for asking uh, the question. You got your answer. Xbox theme song. Um, MJ Surf Stud. Asked, Michael Jackson Surf Stud? I'm guessing. I don't has, know. That's what, I, that's what it is. Uh, or Michael Jordan. Okay. Maybe he heard about your shorts and your I would sandals. hope so. They're balling. Looking good, feeling good, my friend. Dear Ryan and Looking Justin. Looking good, feeling good. Oh, God. Ew. <laughs> Stop. Oh, that's going to be so loud in people's ears. It's so disgusting. <laughs> Sounds like an old man eating an orange. <laughs> All right, go on. Hello, pussy. <laughs> um, dear Ryan and Justin, if a person thought a marathon was superior to a sprint, would that make that person a racist? Also, could you please discuss in graphic detail the last time you watched Ghost Adventures in your underwear? First of all, I think this guy wants to fuck us. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely getting that kind of a vibe. Secondly, I've never watched Ghost Adventures because isn't that the one with the guy with the faux hawk that looks stupid? I don't even know what that is, and I watch a lot of TV. It's one of those ones where they go into a house and then they set up cameras and then like they oh. record things really loud and they think here's, every noise is a ghost. Here's my problem with those shows. Whether it's a stupid Sasquatch show that for some reason are a trend now or the Ghost Hunter shows or anything. That being, oh, sorry. That being said, I want to answer your question. If I'm watching TV at home, in the evening, I'm most likely in my underwear. I've never watched that show. Well, I don't really wear underwear, but it's just basketball shorts. Um, oh, yeah, that's the one thing everybody has to know about Ryan, which if you don't know, is that he's never worn traditional underwear. No, I just wear basketball shorts. In fact, I've only seen him wear actual <sighs> pants three times. I don't like pants, just shorts. And I wear, like, cargo shorts if I'm wearing them, like, over a pair of basketball shorts. Yes, it's true. But I'm ready for any basketball game at any time. You can never count I mean, me out. <laughs> you used to be really good at basketball, too. That's the weird thing. I did. Um, but... All these shows, people are once again going to get annoyed and think we're idiots now. Because I'm going to say I don't believe in ghosts. No. Justin Mike, that's fine. I don't care. No. no. I don't believe <laughs> I don't in ghosts. ghosts. And everyone, I know literally, okay, 90% of people are hearing this right now. This is what they immediately did. No, he doesn't know. I had this experience, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. Whatever happened to you, I believe it happened. One of my best friends in the world, my friend Josh Condon, has all these crazy stories that happened to him. I believe that whatever he thinks he saw, he saw. But I don't believe in ghosts. And if they exist, they don't like me. I've tried. I've gone to haunted places. But the problem with all these shows is, whether it's a Sasquatch show, you know, the Bigfoot, the ghost, is it's an hour long of, like, night vision of them noises happening because mm -hmm. no one's ever found anything. No. So, like, You know why? You why? know why? It's because Bigfoot's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Sasquatch show, I watched a few episodes, and it's just like, we think we heard something, here's a footprint. Except that there's no Sasquatch, so the show ends the same way every time without saying anything. Yeah, exactly. As the first part of his question, at first I didn't get it, and then I got that he was making a clever joke. What? So technically, I guess, yes, it does make you a racist because you're racing. Oh. I, I was got gonna, it. I picked it I up. I was going to answer it just, like, honestly and say, no, you're a racist for asking that question. Yeah, he probably wants to fuck something. Oh, he wants to fuck Usain Bolt. Oh, we need to move on, don't we? Yeah. we got a lot of questions this week. Thank was, you. Please yeah. keep sending them in. And then someone asked that other question about... Oh, yeah, I have one more. It's the last question. Oh, yeah, thank you, on. MJ Surf Stud, Michael Jordan. You are a stud. Surfing stud. Okay, um, last Shoot my question. curl, baby. Excuse me? Shoot my fucking curl. What are you saying right now? Shoot, <laughs> shoot my curl, surfer boy. Okay, last question. Surf ninjas. Last question yeah. is... Mm. What are your guys' favorite things you did today? I'll start. Wearing that hat, I'd imagine, was your favorite thing you did today. Oh, man. Looking good, feeling good, brother. Uh, my favorite thing I did today <clears throat> was I ate at a restaurant called Crave downtown. And it's Again? Yeah, it's good. And I had uh, three chicken sliders and a pepperoni pizza with goat cheese and a side of garlic butter to dip it in and a cherry Diet Coke. It does sound good. It was delicious. I was how my day. What? Who'd you go with? My girlfriend. What did she get? Uh, she got... That dick. She got some Toonie Aha Hari or something. Toonie? Tuna? Tuna, yeah. And she split my pizza with me. My favorite thing I did today was this, what I'm going to play for Ryan and all of you right now. Is uh. Like, the last couple of weeks, I kind of stole this from a comedian named Kurt Braunohler. He does this on his podcast, too. But 
it's a really good idea. This what basically what happens is if you're sleeping, you um, and you have a dream. If you wake up from that dream, you grab your phone and you record what you remember about the dream, even though you're still basically asleep. Oh, that is an interesting idea. Yeah. So I don't even want to know what you dream about. This is uh, hopefully we can hear it. All right. It's five thirty ish. And I just woke up from a dream where I was God, and I lured a bunch of famous people to a party, telling them they could have a job working for me. But actually, all I was doing was picking up Shaquille O'Neal and rubbing him against my boner. Trying to get these celebrities to tell me cheat codes for a game that I've never seen before. Where you're a cloud with a whip and you're hitting trees. And I couldn't get past this one level. Uh, also, Shaquille O'Neal didn't seem like he had that big of a problem with what I was doing to him. He just kept saying, it ain't really even that bad. <laughs> and I kept insisting that it was, so I don't know if I was a weird god that really liked telling, having people tell me they didn't like something. Anyway, I never got the cheat codes. <laughs> so that's a lot of money wasted on that party. Okay, for anyone that's trouble hearing that, let me get it straight. Is you were a god? Yeah. And Shaquille O'Neal was rubbing your boner? No, 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 no. Okay. Let me explain. Uh, please. I, I, uh, I, apparently, I was god. Okay. Of some sort. Right. And I, uh, I had a party, and I took all these celebrities from their houses and put them in the party. But all I was doing was just grabbing Shaquille O'Neal and rubbing him against my boner. And then... Telling them that they needed to give me a cheat code to a game where you were a cloud okay. that flew around with a whip and fought trees. <laughs> and then I was mad because Shaquille O'Neal didn't even care that I was doing that and said it wasn't even that bad. And then I guess like when I woke up, I couldn't really figure out if I was like a weird god who was like wanted everybody to be upset with me for rubbing Shaquille O'Neal against my boner or that I was wanted him to be upset about it. But I didn't get the cheat code for the game, so it was a big waste of money. Okay. But since you're God and you can create things, why did I think a waste of money? It doesn't matter about money if you're that. True. Um, do you believe that dreams indicate something and tell the future? No, not in particular. I don't I mean, do you? No, but that'd be cool if they did because that could make something <laughs> interesting maybe happening in the future, I suppose. I don't well, know. I, I'm, I, but the thing is, is like... What I remember, I have a vague recollection of the dream, and I remember Shaquille O'Neal being like the same size as my boner, and that's the reason I picked him up and did it. So I wasn't even particularly that large of a god. Maybe I had shrunk myself down enough that I was that. But then again, I guess if your dick's as big as Shaquille O'Neal, you're still pretty big. I, yeah, I would imagine whale size at least. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't ever remember my dreams, so I wouldn't be very good at that. I could try to do it for next week, but... I remember well, no, I mean, like two like, dreams you, in my entire life. You just have to do it like right when you wake up. One was like the Reds team. What? <laughs> I never told you about that. I think you did. I'm starting to have a I was like 12 or 13 and I just had this weird dream that the entire Cincinnati Reds baseball team 
was walking down my subdivision street completely naked, just head to toe That's covered right. in shaving cream. I don't know. There was nothing sexual about it. Was Chris Sabo in the lead? He was there. I don't remember exactly him and Paul O'Neill, but... Bullshit. You remember every single position they were in. Yeah. No, exactly. Anyways. Uh, so that's... that's. I'm going to try to do that for next week. Yeah. So I can't top that. Think about it, though. I think anyone that's listening to this, please do the same thing and get on our Tumblr and send us emails of you doing the same thing. Yeah, like yeah. Email them. us the, uh, the uh, file. We would love to hear it. And uh, Jughead's actually gone like 10 minutes. So what do you want to get to? We, uh... Um, Time's flying oh. today. Jerry Legend, our friend, this is what he asked us, was uh, if we give recommendations. Well, he said top five, but I don't, I mean, you don't need to do five. Like recommendations of stand-up comedy albums that are on Spotify that you've heard that you liked or the best ones or whatever. Okay. We I mean, I could that. probably do five if I tried, but, you know, it's not necessary to do five. Um. We even though I already plugged them, and I think we're trying to get them on an upcoming episode. Hannibal Burst, Animal Furnace, yeah, is something everyone should listen to. Still, my favorite comedian in the last few years. I've heard, yeah, it's absolutely hysterical. Perfect album. Uh, what else would you put in there? Uh, Kyle Kinane, Whiskey Icarus, is probably um, because I mean he's just one of the best comedians working right now. Absolutely, I think. He's, uh, I think that, like, honestly, I think that. That would probably be, I don't think it would be my number one, but it would definitely be up in my top five. Um, That's a great, great record. Um, John Mulaney's New in Town is probably my number one. John Mulaney is great. We've yeah. on tour quite a few times. It's one of the funniest things, period, like listen to that, especially the very, well, the track about, because he's really the only comedian that I've heard talk about the whole prostate exam thing, but it's actually funny. Agreed. Because it was a mistake or it's whatever. It's kind of what I talked about, Pet Peeves or... Comedians talk about dumb things like that are generic, like prostate exams are yeah. perverted and have no point. But his skit is hilarious yeah. about it. It's absolutely great. Uh, who else? Um, Kurt Braunohler's CD called How Do I Land is really, really great. I've not heard that yet. You check it's, it out. It's really good. He's also really funny because he, he uses Kickstarter in a correct way. Right. Because what he does is he... He asks people to give money so he can do stupid things in real, like stupid jokes in real life. Like, he hired a skywriter. He got people to raise four thousand dollars. So he could hire a skywriter that wrote in the sky, "How do I land?" Which That's is pretty awesome. good. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he wanted to hire other, like he wanted to get more money so he could make billboards that were in sequence around like cities that he'd never been to, that were like a a joke and then a punchline so when people were driving they would see it <laughs> like you know that kind of thing okay see that's worthwhile it's it's people taking comedy to the next level right. and doing things that everyone wishes they could do mm-hmm. and he's getting the money to actually do it and I support that completely <laughs> me too and then I guess uh, also there's a guy Mike Lawrence who's like he's coming up but I mean he's not quite there yet but uh, you should get on on the ground floor because he's really great and if he comes to any place um you should watch him. His album's called Sadamantium, which is pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. Yeah. Now, this kind of is on the same topic. All right. If you had to get in a smart car and drive from here to Los Angeles, and you have three choices it could be with, and you have to give me an actual answer of these three. You got Andy Dick, Kathy Griffin, or Dan Cook. Who would you drive across the country in a smart car with and share snacks with and a conversate with for a 1500 mile drive um 
Dan Cook has too much energy. He wouldn't be able to stay in the smart car. Like okay. I feel like I feel like actually Justin, what are we doing here in the smart car? Yeah, okay, I oh gotta god. get out. Actually, I gotta, oh my god, you actually do a pretty good Dane Cook. That's I got, the first impression I've ever heard you do. Guys, okay, doing. Justin, I gotta piss. So can I get up here and out? Yeah. What if I piss like this? What if I piss like this? What if I piss like this? Um. Yeah, not him. But it, it may be beneficial because you could take him and he would just fall out of the car and you wouldn't have to be with him. But I guess the stipulation is that he would never be able to. No, yeah, you'd have to drive the entire drive right. with said comedian. So I'd have to keep going back and picking him up. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, not him. Kathy Griffin, there's no way. You can't see in her voice for that long. Oh, no. Ever. I'd have to pick Andy Dick just because he seems like he would take a bunch of pills and just probably sleep most of the time. That's probably actually TD's I mean, really you'd accurate. probably end up getting arrested on the way because yeah. he'd have something on him or he'd be under house arrest and have left his, you know, house or whatever. But what about you? Okay, oh. hold on. Let me think of three. got to give me three different ones. Okay. Um, Steve Harvey, <laughs> Carlos Mencia, oh. or Lisa Lampanelli. Lisa Lampanelli, no. She wouldn't fit in a smart car with me. She's been on Weight Watchers. She's been in the commercials. Thank you. <coughs> does Lisa do comedy outside of roast and being the least funny person there? Yeah, she does it, but it, literally her stand-up is just that kind of stuff. Okay. She She's an insult comedian. She likes stand-up on stage and like say all this stuff and then talk about how she likes black dicks. And yeah, no, not her. Constantly. Who are the other two? Steve Harvey or Carlos Mencia? I will go with Steve Harvey. That's the obvious. It's the obvious choice out of the three because he could probably hold a decent conversation. Carlos Mencia is the worst comedian. Like yeah. he's not the worst ever. No. But it's basically what we said before is he doesn't really say things that are funny, and all he does is make like quasi racist Mexican jokes about himself. Where if you don't think he's funny, then he calls you a racist. Yeah. When he's actually just not funny. Yeah. Not so, funny in the least. No, not at all. So uh, yeah, I, Steve St Harvey. Steve Harvey's a really good host of the family feud so i'd he like he is to, a good host of yeah. family feud he's not bad at all like i never really liked his comedy all that much but but he's really found his his niche like doing the he's hosting he's of good that. on family feud. yeah i agree steve harvey i'll take you to los angeles my man in a smart car los angeles or las vegas you said las vegas not either one what do we do once we get to las vegas what would you do with dane cook in las vegas keep in mind he he doesn't like even though he acts like he's a fucking maniac he doesn't do anything like, in real life, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs, he doesn't, like, gamble, he doesn't do... Like, that being said, I would get him really drunk and steal all his money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, That's somehow get one cut. of those, get, like, an alcoholic drink that tastes like there's nothing in it. Yeah. Because somebody who has had alcohol before is probably going to get really drunk really fast off yeah. that. Steve Harvey, I think I could have like a fun time with from Las Vegas. What did you just say hmm. under your breath? No. Um, Steve, Harvey, Steve Harvey, I think I could have a good time. Oh Vegas yeah, he would always he'd walk around like clapping and laughing all the time for some reason. He I would. Feel like he I does think he'd be a jolly good guy to hang out with. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, Carlos Mencia, I want to do nothing with no. in Las Vegas. Ugh. Ever? No. He probably wears some like snakeskin shirt. Yeah, he and definitely like, would. And like a watch that was like way too big. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like the watch. He like, looked like Malibu's most wanted, but like serious. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, do you want to go, Jamie Kennedy? That might be worse than anybody we've named. Tom Green. <laughs> but his bum was on your smart car. So anyway, since we were talking about uh, hypothetical things and whatever, yeah. let's say hypothetically one time recently you kept texting me and calling me and I believe emailing me and telling me that you were the fuck or not. Huh. And that you were one of the – you were from – the Sex Men comics? Huh. 
You were like juggernaut, only your head, I think, you said looked like a giant <laughs> condom, and you fucked with it? I didn't do that. I mean, I'm saying hypothetically if you oh, did. That'd be weird if I did that. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? But I didn't do that. Well, what about all the times that you actually did do that last week? <laughs> no, that doesn't even sound like someone would do. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we talk about peas? No. What? Okay. Why don't we talk about? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Let's you know talk what? Talk about peas for a second. Okay. What about your them? your superhero that you said you were? That yeah. This was your your Ryan Rockwell was your secret identity. Peas was the real was the superhero, and his power was that he made you come out of your dick, but it made but it felt like a brick was coming out. Yeah. Okay, first of all, how does that save the world? <laughs> okay, every superhero, first of all, and first of all, I never did this fuck or not thing, so don't listen to him. Yeah, you did. I didn't do that. But number two, that's weird. But number two, Pease is a character I created. I'll, I'll admit it. You told me <laughs> I was Professor Sex Xavier. No, I didn't do any of this. And Your brother, that's what you said. <laughs> okay, listen, you're making me sound real creepy. I'll admit to Pete. Well, I don't know. I mean, when you call me, text me, and then email me all three things like that. What about earlier when you called me and kept on calling me the pussy wagon? You did that to me. <laughs> uh, okay, so Pete's, I'll admit, I did create. Yeah. And first of all, every superhero doesn't have to save the world. He's just there to assist. No, that's what a sidekick's for. Okay, you know what? Let's talk about you then. Why don't you talk about Powd? No, you tell me what Pete's power you to tell, would help Tell with. everyone about Powd. Powd is a magical being okay. that looks a lot like an oversized troll doll that's very muscular, and he comes into your house <laughs> at nighttime, and he makes you eat your own ejaculate. <laughs> what does that do for anybody? Nothing. He's just a magical being. Okay. Like, you ever read a fairy tale before? They don't always have, like, a thing that has something I to do like with, to tell you like, all real life. Now. Like, some guy's not going to make you eat your cum one day. Okay, first of all. You know all, what I mean? I'd like oh, to you're not going to fucking eat your own cum. I'm going to go ahead and put this out there, that not only did Justin make up Powd as a mystical being that does mm-hmm. that, he went as far as it took an not hour or two and create him on WWF SmackDown for PlayStation 2 and on wrestled di- with him. On four different versions of it. And he wrestled with him. And tell me, Ryan, didn't he look the same every single time? Yes, he did. Why okay? do you think that is? Because he's not made up. No, because you made him up and you know what Powd looks like. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen him. Okay. So have you. No, I have. I've seen him. You just don't remember it. on video games that you make. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, how do you think he teleports into people's houses? Oh, through the video game system. Yeah, usually. Okay. You know what? This it makes them eat their own. Co- what? I just don't get what you don't get about this. That no, it's a it's real thing. That, it's not that I don't get it, but you created this just as creepy as peas. At least peas has a purpose. He doesn't have a purpose. Okay. Say someone's robbing a bank. Yeah. Peas comes in and all of a sudden makes them come, but it feels like a brick. They're gonna stop. For no, what they're gonna stop, stop robbing the bank? Yeah, they're gonna be in pain. <laughs> I guess fair enough, but like, does he have any other superpower? How is he getting there? Does he get out of his car? Does he drive down there and do yeah. it? Yeah, he's got a, he's got a motorcycle. It's yellow. It sounds really cool. It is. It sounds cool. like a really thought out superhero. Okay, you know what? What is that better? Worse than the Flash? What does he do? Run. Yeah, but at least he can run really fast and get places. Okay, but what, what when he gets there? Pees is on a motorcycle That's going yellow. across town okay. to stop a guy from robbing a bank by making him come a brick. Correct. It's better than Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil actually does something. He's blind. Yeah, and he fucking he knows karate and all kinds of stuff. He saves people. 
why would you need karate if you could make someone? Hey, here's something. Okay, what? Because okay, I'll answer that question. Okay, actually, with a question of my own. If somebody was holding a gun to someone's head and you made them feel like they were coming a brick, there's more of an obvious uh, risk to that because the guy usually when you come like you you involuntarily flex your muscles, he would just shoot the person in the head. Okay, can we break another your, story real quick? Your, char- <laughs> your character is essentially just rogue from the X-Men, okay. only in reverse. She doesn't absorb the power. She just fucking, you know, puts out some sort of electricity jolt through someone's system and makes them come a brick. There's a need for peas in the comic book world, and we're going to get it made. Hello? Hello? Hey, John, how are you? I'm fine. I just left a stranger a voicemail for you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You might have Justin. Uh, Justin, someone gives me the wrong number. It's okay. It's all his fault. How are you? Can you hear me okay. Yeah, okay. I can hear you. Uh, Justin and I are here. Say hello, Justin. Hi, John. Hello, Justin. Um, I can definitely say we're both very excited to have you here. So thanks for agreeing to it. Oh, thank you. I am a big fan of yours, and I guess I'd like to cover. I don't know how many interviews you do, but I don't want to make it so much interview as a conversation, but I kind of like to cover everything from the beginning of starting Screeching Weasel to your theater career now to your, your writing and everything. So I guess we'll try to tackle a lot and hope we can get through all of it. Okay. If that's cool with you. Uh, that is cool with me. Yeah, I'm an open book, unless I'm shut. An open book. So I guess I didn't want to <laughs> prepare questions necessarily. I just kind of wanted to kind of talk, but I guess we'll start from the beginning because I know a lot of people hearing this I guess, you know, Screech and Weasel was your first big endeavor, and it's a band that I feel like means a lot to a lot of people, but people don't really know that much about Screech and Weasel. I guess I feel like... You don't know very much? I think, just in general, I think it's a band, minus, like, some of the books, like, it always seemed more of, like, a guarded thing to me. I don't really know how to explain it. I guess, like, when you guys started Screech and Weasel, like, what was the musical climate? Like, what were you listening to and excited about? Like, what made you want to do it? Uh, well, actually, both me and Ben had met at a, at a movie theater for the second time. We went, we went to junior high together. We were in wrestling together. But then I hadn't seen him for about six years. Uh, and I think we both had uh, – he graduated from night school. I graduated from high school. And uh, I hadn't gone to college yet, so we were sort of just in limbo. And uh, it really just came from uh, – I wouldn't say boredom because I don't feel like I'm ever bored. It, it just it came from a lack of having something substantial to do. Right. Uh, besides working at a movie theater. So um, we got together and uh, started practicing, just the two of us, writing songs. He, he actually wrote a lot of songs when he was uh, he was sent away for a while because uh, he's a bad boy. <laughs> uh, ran away a bunch. So he wrote a lot of songs while he was in the, in the juvie. Um, so we, we started with those. A lot of goofy songs, like I Hate Old Folks, and I think a couple of the songs from the first uh, record were on there. But that's how we started. Just the two of us sitting there. Okay. The and then, uh, I guess when you started, I mean, I don't. How old were you at that point? I was. Uh, we started in '86. Uh, nineteen. Yeah, I think I was nineteen. Between eighteen and nineteen. Okay, so um, I guess. I mean, obviously, later we'll talk more about your theater and all the stuff you do now, because I think it's equally as interesting, but. Back then, were you interested in theater and the arts in general, or were you just wanted to play in a punk band more? Like, did you ever think it would be like a possibility that that would ever be a career? Well, they both came. You know, actually, what a lot of people don't know, or 
I usually talk about interviews, but people are uh, not impressed, but uh, <laughs> they find it as an interesting fact that I was actually, uh, once we started recording records, I was one for one in playwriting. Like, I wrote a play for almost every record that we put out for a while there. I didn't know that. That's really so, cool. Up until, like, 12 Weasel records, I knew exactly how many plays I had produced. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very interesting. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, so they really started, the band started a little bit earlier. I mean, I was in theater in, in high school. Um, I was in a bunch of uh, plays, Alice in Wonderland and Sound of Music. I didn't sing then, though, so I was just a, uh, a Nazi guard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And we used to terrorize all the nuns in, in rehearsal. Um, but yeah, I was doing theater all, all the time. And then some, in, near the beginning of Weasel, I started going to school at Columbia College. I started putting myself through uh, more actual literature more than theater, but it was a theater school, so I was very close to a lot of actors there. That is actually very interesting. What uh, what kind of stuff were you writing about in your plays back then? I mean, just was there a general theme, or was it just whatever came to mind? Um, well, actually, what happened was kind of interesting. I uh, I basically had gone through three or four. Years. I didn't really go for a degree or anything. I just wanted to learn stuff, so. I was taking literature classes, I was taking theater classes, but I didn't never audition for anything, and I never wrote anything, and I was about to uh, kind of accidentally graduate, and I hadn't done anything, so I asked my teacher if I could just stage these diary writings I had. Um, it makes it sound like it was biographical, but it wasn't. There was this thing called the philosophy of non-things, where it was just these series of sort of absurd scenes about uh, an outcast, basically. Okay. basically uh, eventually, uh, people sort of acquainted me with uh, what we call like a neo uh, existentialist because they're all they're all about what it means to exist and you know dying. It sounds it sounds <laughs> it sounds really um, morose, but it's actually very uh, comical. Wait, well, and were you doing this stuff when you were like nineteen and twenty? Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah, impressive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's that's honestly so. very impressive. And yeah, I was uh, I was booking all the tours and we were recording and I'd come home and uh, raise some money to put on plays. Uh, well, the first, the first couple of plays, the the guy Sheldon Batinkin, who was the uh, uncle of uh, Mandy Batinkin, who ran Columbia, uh, sort of asked me to start writing stuff there. So it was free at first. I, I got a free theater space and I just had to grab actors. That's awesome. So I wasn't putting out money for anything because all my money then was going towards the band. Right. Me and Ben were working. Besides college and touring, I was also in a, uh, we were working full-time jobs, raising money for chores. Okay. Um, I was going to say, obviously, by the time I started going to shows, I know your guys' touring days were kind of past, but correct me if I'm wrong, but Screech Weasel didn't tour really a whole lot ever, did you? In the beginning, we did. In the beginning, um, from like 87 to 92, okay. we did at least two or three tours a year. Oh wow! Okay. Then we then we stopped completely. Was that mainly because of inner band issues, or Ben, or just in general? Did did everybody want to stop touring? No, it was mostly Ben. Really, I mean, there's no contention about that. He just didn't really enjoy it. Right. Uh, I loved it. That was kind of my job in the band was, uh, you know, booking the tours, and I dealt with all the promoters. So it was kind of a big part of my job that got uh, sort of put on the shelf. Right. I mean, we can get to Ben later. I don't want to focus too much on the interview because I know people expect that. Yeah. I don't want it to be drama-filled, yeah. but I definitely have some yeah. questions. But for now, I was going to say... Know, 
What'd you say? I don't know if I answered. I don't know if I answered about like what did you were you wondering what was going on musically when we started too when we invented. Yeah, kind of. I just meant like the climate of. Uh, I feel like yeah. when you guys came out, I mean, the self-titled somewhat, but I think by the time Bugatti came out, you guys were doing something completely fresh that I just that album still, whether or not it's recorded the best or not, holds up so well. I'm wondering what made you guys, you know, want to do that stuff. You know, once again, almost nothing is unique. It all comes from, you know, everything builds on, upon something else that came before it. But what was kind of unique around that time is that uh, punk music in the Ramon style has sort of died off for a while, and it became a very political hardcore music. Uh, right. Churning out, you know, every city was churning out these bands that, you know, played chords and sang the exact notes that were to the chords because they worried more about the politics of the lyrics than actually creating harmonies and melodies. Absolutely. So uh, we were kind of we're kind of known for the ones to bring that back in. But our influences were, you know, there were bands already sort of doing it already, like uh, Angry Samoans and a band called Adrenaline OD and uh, Descendants, you know, had started before. So it wasn't really fresh. Um, but I sort of our take of being suburbanites was kind of what brought it, uh, kind of made it explode. Because all of a sudden... Uh, the world was getting a lot smaller, so a lot of the kids in the suburbs didn't have to go to the city anymore to see shows. We would, you know, come and play the basements. So I think that was really what it was. It was the bringing the melodic edge back and moving music into the suburbs. That is cool, and I think it also makes sense because uh, I hear a lot of musicians, and like I don't know if I've personally felt this way, but they they talk about finishing recording an album and just knowing like it was something special. And like when you guys did Boogit or my or any album, I guess was there an album when you finished it that you would ever anticipate or at least had a feeling would have the impact that it did this many years later? People would still be getting the tattoo and just having that much of an impact on the music world in general or the punk scene, I guess. Uh, no, you know, you know, Boogit was a kind of a you know we did a twenty-seven song demo. Uh, ben and I moved. You know, one unique thing about the band is that. Most bands are lucky to have at least one sort of uh, business-oriented person. This band had two. Me and Ben are very, uh, besides creative forces, we are also very business-oriented. So within six months of being a band, we were already recording a 27-song demo, and a good percentage of those songs made it onto the first record. Uh, so it was kind of a blur. I don't think we really, we were just filling our time. Um, I don't think until after, uh, you know, we broke up, and then we reformed uh, under Larry Livermore from Lookout Records. Uh, wanted to get us, get us back together and refused to do it unless we called ourselves the same name. <laughs> I think I heard um, about that. I've, I've become friends with Larry over the years. He was a very interesting guy on in himself. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with why he would do that. Um, it's just that me and Ben were always about recreating ourselves. So it wasn't, it wasn't too exciting to go back out there and use the same name. But, you know, we understood. Yeah. Um, so even after My Brain Hurts, which that's the record that we created for Lookout, I don't think we really knew what was going on because nothing had exploded yet with Lookout. Quite, it happened about the time that record came out. All of those early Lookout bands all of a sudden just sort of exploded. Uh, we saw Green Day, you know, tours with them started getting bigger and bigger, and, right. uh, selling out the small venues. And around that time, our My Brain Hurts came out. So I think it was... I talk about the first time I really felt it. We were on tour, I think, when it came out, or shortly after. And we were in uh, Philadelphia, in this, I don't know, small venue. I think it's called The Torch. Okay. Um, 
and it was in a you know junky part of the neighborhood, and we didn't think anybody was going to be there. They didn't have a good sound system, and we were pretty strict about that stuff, so we didn't even know we were going to do it. And then the show comes around, and all of a sudden, hundreds of kids just sort of show up like like insects just crawling in. <laughs> and we we sold it out. We sold it out, and everyone was singing our songs, and we had never experienced that. So I wouldn't say it was, like I said, it wasn't the release or working in the studio on a record. It was sort of the effect afterwards on that tour, first tour after my brain hurts. Right. That is actually an incredible story. I think, yeah, I think Lookout All at Once just kind of exploded. And then, uh... Yeah, yeah, because we had, uh, Crimshine, uh, Green Day, uh, Operation Ivy. Yeah. Uh, so Operation Ivy was just sort of wrapping it up. So they were moving into their other, you know, band territory. But the record still had it, really. Which is funny, because Operation Ivy yeah. is still making new fans. And, you know, so Screeching Weasel. It's so crazy to think about. Actually, yeah. another, another reason I thought it'd be cool to talk to you about this stuff was uh, obviously, and you coming to see mixtapes and stuff. There's this whole generation of pop punk now that's so different than it used to be. And to me, I've tried to get over the point of being like the angry old man of saying this isn't pop punk, this isn't pop punk. But instead of just like I'd rather kids be able to look into these old bands that shape these new bands instead of like looking into their history. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it can get overwhelming too, especially now. There's so many bands that a lot of people figure, why do they have to look back? Um, I agree. I mean, I've always been a sort of a history buff uh, when it comes to music. I love like family tree, uh, you know, family music trees. So I always oh, me try to find out who's been in the band and what they've done. But I don't expect that of other people. I mean, I'm not surprised, you know, to be at your show and no one really knew who we were or where I was anymore. I mean, it's kind of kind of sad. I, mean, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I think because it's, it's all influenced by stuff we did, but. Instead of it being yeah. sad, it is sad, and that's what I've tried to realize. Instead of becoming like the angry guy, which I used to do, I'd be like, you know, all these new bands came out like Drive Through Records and the new pop punk, like around the early 2000s, still building. And at first, I was like, "Fuck this, this isn't pop punk." And instead of that, I was like, you know what? Like, the internet has made things so much harder, and there's so many bands that instead of just like trying to decide what's pop punk, I'd rather just try to educate people about like, oh, you like this? Well, you know, check out what came before it. Check out this. Mr. T experience and the Screeching Weasels and these bands that you would probably think are awesome. Yeah. But also remember, you're talking about the bands that really weren't um, functioning under that label pop punk. That didn't really happen until, you know, years later. Uh, we were still just, you know, punk bands. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's true. We didn't, uh, you know, you know, Ben had his articles about what it is to be punk and all that, but a lot of that was just trying to incite riots and stuff like that. <laughs> it um, worked. It worked really, to a degree. I, really, I mean, it was... I, I feel in some ways the, the pop punk label has sort of... Like a lot of audiences once they get a proper name, it sort of limits the amount of you know creative choices you can make in a band. Uh, and I thought it, it had a bad effect on our band later in, in its later albums. I, I completely agree with that. I think... Uh a small label that makes you limit yourself immediately of not wanting to disappoint fans of your band by expanding your sound at all yeah and sometimes you know like the way ben works is he goes he's more i i talk about this idea of rebellion where he was sort of born with a sense of rebellion and i never did i think mine comes out where you know i got along with my family i didn't want to not be my mom or dad where right he was you know he was always against since day one so I think even his reactions against a lot of that, like when we went from a record like, uh, let's say, um, Bark Like a Dog, which is very melodic, into uh, 
major label debut in Television City Dream, which is more hardcore. Yeah. That was sort of a reaction to, uh, we don't want to be that mainstream uh, Green Day that's going on now, so let's go back to our roots. So there was a lot of, you know, we were always in response to what the label meant in the pop punk. Um, not always following through with it, but rebelling against it or trying to fit into it. That, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I, th- I think much in the same way you would probably agree, even now it's still the same as when you call yourself something certain, I even feel it, is that you have the problem where it's like if you change too much, all your fans are mad and disappointed. If you don't change at all, they just say you can't do anything, you're stuck in a box. But it's almost impossible to find that perfect balance until you get to the point where you realize you don't have to find that balance and you just need to do what you want to do. Yeah, there is no right answer when it comes to creativity, man. No, you no. know, Ramones, Ramones did the same thing for many years, and then they tried to branch out a little bit, and everyone rebelled against them. But, you know, you know, man, it's hard to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. It absolutely is. I agree. I mean, were you, do you have some questions? Well, no, I was just going to say, I agree, but I always think it's weird because especially in punk music, uh, it seems like every band's last album was their better album. Like, it never seems like anybody at the time when an album comes out, they actually think it's really great. They always want to be like, ah, no, the one before this was way better than this one. Yeah. But then, like, five years later, they'll start defending that one because they think it's actually, like, great, you know, when other people start bashing on it. I, yeah. You know, there's a thing, I, I named a record uh, with even a blackout called Zeitgeist Echo, and a lot of people are like, what the hell is that? And, you know, ooh, it's ghosty. And it's actually what, if you're talking about that concept, to me what that is, uh, like I said, it's basically the spirit of the time is actually stuck in an echo, whereas the most artists who are, you know, creating in the, the moment, the spontaneous in the moment, are sort of creating what people will like later. Um, um, it makes sense, because they're more, the, the bands themselves are a little bit more in touch into what they need to do than the audience, who's always, you know, a couple years behind. It's a good way to look at it. I don't even yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a stereotype. It's not, you know, definitely not. Well, we were just, oh, actually, we were just talking about something similar to that a minute ago, was that it gets kind of, there's something tedious about when you talk to people in bands or any kind of artist, and they say, well, this is, uh, this is the thing we're doing because this is what the kids like. And you're always like, well, who are the kids? Yeah. Like, shouldn't <laughs> you be doing it because this is what you want to do? Who are do? these mysterious kids that every band talks about, and why are you doing it all for them? Yeah. You know, I honestly don't really, uh, you know, there wasn't much of that going on when I was involved in it. I think it was also new to everybody that there wasn't, we didn't know what to do to please people. There was, there was a sense of, you know, I talked to Dr. Frank and uh, even Joe Queer, and there was a sense at that time around 95 that, oh, God, this thing we're doing that's very melodic, people like it now. So let's keep doing that. It wasn't, for us, it wasn't like, what do they want? Let's do that. It was oh, they like what we do now, so now we have to keep doing that. There's something magical and so much cooler about that, though, of not knowing what people want. I think it's cool. Nowadays, I think the Internet's good in so many ways, but it's made everybody become such an elitist, and they tell you exactly what they want, and if you don't make what they want, they'll immediately put it on every message board and make sure that the world hears their opinion, which is good and bad. I mean, I don't know if you agree. I agree that that's all good and bad, yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, honestly don't. I, I try to go into the message board world every once in a while, but I'm not, that trolling really gets me. And it, I, you know, I don't really, I'm, part of me doesn't, creatively I don't care what people think. I'll do what I do. 
Yeah. Um, but when it comes to criticism, it does affect me, and I, I can't handle it. I just can't. I can't handle that stuff. I want to go there to say something, and people want to purposely troll. Yeah. Uh, it's it a... really, really sets me against that sort of movement. But once again, I understand it. I understand that part of it. You know, they have fun doing it. People even try to explain themselves. Like, oh, no, it's fun. We do Like, now. <laughs> yeah, that, you yeah. can keep it. We can keep it. I'll just, you know, I'll just do things I do. Yeah, we were just talking about that. How if you, if you're, if you're an artist of any sort, and someone doesn't like something you do, if you go on there and defend yourself, you will never win that argument. It's just because it's hard. Is because when it's some asshole kid or an adult or anything, it's hard because it's the internet. You can't convey it. Right. So they could be like, "Hey, your album sucks." And what can you really do? Be like, "No, it doesn't." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean. It's so hard yeah. to convey anything properly on the internet on a message board that it's just made it's way hard. for these people that want to make sure people hear their opinions. And I think music writers, and not all of them, like, it's cool, but have just become these people that think they're a lot more powerful than they really are nowadays. Yeah, and, yeah, there is power in, uh, and there's, oh, everyone has an insecurity in themselves, and it, it, it gives you a false sense of power to actually pull someone's words apart. And that's basically what they're doing. I mean, if they can't attack what you're saying, they attack how you're saying it. You know, there's, there's these different tools that they use that if the subject matter doesn't seem to be something they get attacked, they get attacked how you phrased it, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, anything. I mean, yeah. It's a, I completely agree with that. So, I guess before we even move on to the, uh, the play and the writing stuff, I guess... Screech and Weasel is just such an important band to so many people. I won't even talk about even in Blackouts, which I think is also a great band. And you do yeah, it. We can talk about whatever. I mean, we can talk about Weasel, whatever you want. <laughs> we can, we, I think we can cover it all. I was going to say, uh, I think this is just a rare opportunity because I think a lot of people love Screech and Weasel. And over the past few years, unfortunately, the name has been so desecrated, whether or not it was on purpose or not, that I guess I just wanted to talk to somebody like you, a neutral party, and just figure out. Uh, if any of these questions you don't want to answer, that's fine. But and your opinion has has been changed over the years to become this person that people look at now. Do you think people have a wrong way they perceive him, or is it just has he always kind of been like that? Um, and I don't. I want to. I, I want to get it straight. I don't want people to just think I mean like, oh, the punching the two girls in the face, like. I get that. Well, yeah, no, I won't. That's one of the subjects I don't really talk about. Which is I fine. Really I was going to say. And I don't uh, want to bring that up because it's such, an, it's such an easy one to bring up. And I don't think you can c- classify somebody's entire existence over one incident that they've never had a history of before. And I think too many people jump to that so quickly when there's so many other things you could talk about that are more interesting to me. So, yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. I'm glad I didn't really want to talk about that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, look at it. I mean, if, if you can read my book, Weasels in the Box, or not. The thing is, you know, I've known for... Jeez, going on like 30 years, and he's, you know, I don't throw the word genius out much, but he is one of them. Um, you know, he didn't have much schooling. He dropped out. He, he self-taught. Um, and those geniuses also have the devil in them, you know? He's, right. He gets paranoid. He has anxiety. Uh, he's so smart that he thinks other people are as smart and conniving as he might be. Right. Uh, it's really difficult. And, and when money gets involved and then money taken away, you know, because we didn't, you know, we hit the point where we weren't doing it as well financially. Um, that also came from us not being much of a touring band. But right. I think that really hit him hard. So I would say he's always been the asshole uh, he is and still is. 
Um, but I think it's magnified by the pressures of time, age, uh, and finances. That makes perfect sense. And I was going to say is I've always even defended when people ask me, you know, after he got the new band back together, threw Dan Vaffin under the bus, you know, got in the fights on stage, people would say, what do you think about that tattoo? Are you embarrassed? And I'd always say, well, it's such a dumb question to me because, A, you know, a band is more than one person. B, I think that Ben has written some of the best punk songs in the history of music and will always hold that title. And I love, you know, I love the Screeching Weasel record. So to take... Man, that, those arguments have been around for centuries. Exactly. You know, the big one in philosophy is about Heidegger, who you know joined the Nazi movement, but he also revolutionized the way philosophy works and existentialism. So there's always that battle of, you know, do you study this stuff? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, of course you study it. You know, that doesn't mean you're going to become a Nazi. <laughs> very true, very true. And then, uh, so I guess, I don't really know the exact time frame, but, you know, was it... After Screeching Weasel, you started even in Blackouts, like completely done with Screeching Weasel, or was it still going on, kind of? No, they, they overlapped uh, a bit because um, one of the big falling outs with me and Ben was uh, even in Blackouts was supposed to uh, tour with Screeching Weasel and also with um, Massive Band, I think, the Squirt Gun at the time. Basically, the Weasel was going to support all of our other bands that we were doing. I didn't even think back it was involved. Okay. And, uh, it was sort of pulled out from under us after all of us quit our jobs and started booking the tour and decided it wasn't going to be financially worth it. So everything fell apart. So how I remember that we were, <laughs> we were a band already because yeah. uh, we were supposed to open. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think there was a couple of years of overlap. Um, you know, we were, you know, we weren't touring anymore with Weasel, so I needed something to do. So yeah, cause even in Blackouts, I mean, is a great band in its own right. I'm a big fan of this stuff, and uh, I guess what, from that, like, what made you want to start writing, sorry, I'm phrasing this really badly, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you'd already been writing plays and stuff for a while, um, were you also writing just, like, book-type stuff, because Weasels in a Box is great, and I like your writing, and uh, when did you when did you decide to, you know, publish books and start adding that to your repertoire? Um, that was originally uh, supposed to be an article for a zine at the time. I was supposed to interview uh, the Lillingtons to talk about the tour I did with them. And, um, but there was a lot of stuff with me, with me and Ben going on. We were, like I said, we were sort of deteriorating as, uh, as friends and as bandmates. Uh, and my girlfriend at the time sort of read the article I was writing and she said, this isn't, this isn't an article for magazine, this is a book. And I was like, That's oh cool. no. <laughs> I didn't want to you know books are hard so it took me about seven years to to finish that um, so it, it was kind of accidental I mean I, the first thing I always ever wanted to be was a novelist I just didn't know if I could dedicate the time it's, it's a lot different than writing plays or songs I would love to write a book I've thought about it too but you're right it's so it's such an overwhelming thing to even think about much less actually start doing yeah, it's the hardest out of all the creative pursuits I do. It's just, you really have to hash out everything. You have to think through, you know, and I didn't want to do a tour, a tour diary, you know, that just wasn't, I wasn't interested in doing a tour diary. It had to be some sort of, you know, quote-unquote novel. Right, that makes sense. Is, uh, is, since you said that uh, you didn't feel too great about the idea of, of having to sit down and write a book, 
Is that kind of uh, what Jughead's basement is? Is the is you not having to sit down and write a book while also being able to write sort of an oral history of like punk bands and the family trees, as you said, like the musical family trees, different bands that you liked or have been friends yeah. with? You know, I don't think, I don't, you know, I think a lot. <laughs> but I don't think they think through that way. I don't, I specifically, you know, in, in my uh, theater company, Hope and Nonsense, which is separate from me being in the near Futurist, which is a company in Chicago that's uh, one of the most popular in the country. Um, but I never, I never wanted to form an ensemble with my group because my, my, director would say, hey, we should form an ensemble. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be writing next week. I don't know <laughs> what I'll be doing. So I don't really think, sadly, sometimes, I don't think of things in, in, as a career. Um, so the podcast had nothing to do with, like, saying, oh, novels too hard. Let's do a podcast. Right. Um, it basically came from me being, I did a, uh, I, I hosted a weird Facebook thing, um, what the hell was the name of that magazine out of L.A.? Uh, yeah, I can't remember the name. Um, newer magazine? Yeah, no, it's a punk magazine. It's been around forever. They used to sell them at the, all those uh, those closed punk stores, but now it, it became all internet now. What the hell? Is, is it Amp? Called? New Noise? Amp, yeah. Amp. Okay, yeah, they're, they're New Noise now, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. They had these things where you they had featured artists that would just be on Facebook and they would be given their, you know, password and you just sort of answer comments that people make. And it's really my my day I guess was really popular. I even had some kid in North Carolina buy me a pizza so that the pizza arrived. <laughs> and that that is what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Us being artists, it's free pizza. Uh, so this guy Jeremy, who has a thing called Tuesday Night Hoot Nanny podcast called me up and said, hey, man, you're, you know, really good at that. You should do a podcast. And uh, my girl, you know, you met Paige, but Paige had always said that I would be pretty good at that, too. Yeah. Um, and I had been toying with one with another friend. It was called uh, The Whole in 30 Days. Um, but uh, Jeremy asked me to come up with my own idea for it. And, uh, you know, I had recently lost a lot of records in a flood and was sort of selling off all my memorabilia. And uh, I was in the process of, what I, what I call, you know, going from material objects to memories. Um, okay. So that, that made sense that I, I would pick up a record and say, this meant a lot to me. I'm going to try to find these band members and make them talk about this record. So that was basically the impetus. That's a that. great idea, though. Yeah. That's so, such an interesting thing. I do love the podcast. Um, <laughs> so I want to ask a few more weasel questions. Before then, I mean, yeah. let's talk about the theater stuff, too, because... Last time I talked to you in Chicago, it sounded like you had some cool stuff coming up. But I mean, what what are you up to now, other than the podcast? What is uh, what are you working on? What are you enjoying doing? Um, we're we're actually sort of in a, a little bit of a limbo right now. Um, um, you know, uh, you know how you met me is I was in Cincinnati for a while doing a, a, a touring a puppet show with a uh, company called Madcap Puppets. Oh, actually, yeah, a real quick story into that is funny. Is the way that we did meet is uh, a guy that Justin named Chris, who's been on this podcast once or twice, Chris Blair, mm -hmm. the goofy greatness that he is. He he called me one day and said, "Hey, uh, well, actually, I talked to you before that, hadn't I, John? Because we talked about doing your podcast, right?" Yeah, yeah. And then uh, 
that was already like the craziest email. I think I told all my friends and my girlfriend, I was like, guy from Screeching Weasel wants to interview me. I was like, that's crazy. You know, my, my favorite band of all time. Like, cause you guys, I mean, are the reason I started playing music in the first place. And then it was funny because Chris called me. He was like, yeah, Jacob from Screeching Weasel moved into town. You want to come get dinner with us? And I'm like, yeah, that would be cool. And it was so weird and surreal to me just because, uh, the music that you made was such an important thing to me getting into music and wanting to be in a band. But, uh, that was me being nostalgic and a fanboy. So we'll go back to your story about you being in Cincinnati. Yeah, so I'm, but I think that's kind of cool because my uh, girlfriend Paige, who, you know, we did it on ways of, uh, of coin flips on, you know, deciding whether I was going to go six months or a year, whether she was going to come with or not. It was all these decisions we actually did on coin flips. It was pretty fascinating. We actually guys, stuck to the guns. And you guys both came um, to Cincinnati, and she was great too. You guys were a joy to hang out with, unfortunately. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the reason I pretty much met you is that she's a gamer. Um, so that I was, and she didn't have any friends, so Chris brought us over there to that. Where's that place called? Uh, arcade Legacy. It's a great arcade yeah. in Cincinnati. Yeah, so that made her happy. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that that's actually background for this story now. Uh, so after that, that was pretty rough for her uh, to follow me, and because she's an actor, a theater person too. So we yeah. promised each other that we wouldn't we wouldn't now go anywhere unless we both had some sort of work. So here that's I am. Cool. That's cool. Um, we uh, my near the company I belong to, the near futurists, has been running for about twenty years, and now we're spreading out to different cities. So I want to help started in uh, San Francisco, and then I flew her out to audition for it, and she made it in. But in the meantime, she wanted to be a Disney princess. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, she flew out to New York, and uh, sadly, they were only auditioning for, you know, the, uh, what's your name, from Peter Pan. Um, uh, Tinkerbell? Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, yeah. So it's, it's all these very pretty, tall princesses were very upset because they flew from all over the country to New York City, and all they were looking for was four foot five Tinkerbells. Well, the, the <laughs> obvious thing for Paige is that she needs to play Poison Ivy in the Batman Superman film. Oh, she yeah, she wants she keeps on talking about doing that for uh, Halloween and hasn't yet. But she could also be a uh, you know the one from uh, oh what's her name Ariel. So oh, yeah. Be, yeah that'd be good. If you guys haven't guessed yet, Paige has long red hair. Oh. <laughs> yeah, long red. Uh, more has a shape like uh, Jessica Rabbit. If, uh, you can picture that image. She looks just like... Actually, yeah. when I first met her, she was wearing that dress from Jessica Rabbit. So. Is that an interesting uh, story into itself, or was it a Halloween party? <laughs> uh, it was... Um, I had a... At the theater company, I had a, a show called uh, Crisis, a musical game show, and she played uh, Nana. Oh. Like that, so. Okay. Sorry, yeah, I keep I derailing this. On, you're, you're, what? <laughs> what? I have a lot going on. <laughs> anyway, what, what that leads to, that story, is that she didn't make that, but there was auditions here uh, for Universal Studios Osaka, Japan, is opening up a uh, Harry Potter world. So we all both auditioned to be wizards <laughs> for that. That's awesome. Uh, we had to speak Japanese at this audition, and... Um, we're both on the the short list, so we find out this month if we're flying out to Japan. Oh, wow. that would be very cool. Yeah, yeah, and we both would be wizards in Harry Potter. <laughs> well, if you get to do that, we're going to follow it up, and we're going to interview you while you're in Japan being a wizard, because that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that'll be for 13 months. How long? 
13 months. Wow. wow. That'll be awesome. I hope that you do get it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're between two things. We're either flying out to San Francisco if we don't get that uh, and move there for a while, or we'll be in Japan. So that's what I'm doing now. And then, you know, doing the podcast, you can, I can interview people all over the, the world now due to Skype. Skype you know, is great. Like, that's how Justin and I yeah, kept up with it when I'm on tour. We just Skype each other every week. Yeah. Like right now, I don't have the money on my phone to, you know, talk to you for an hour and a half, but I could Skype with you and it cost me like five cents. That's very so, true, which is a very um, Yeah, so I can uh, podcast anywhere. I'm pretty sure they have the internet in Japan. <laughs> I think so. Find out. Although I was told that they had the uh, internet in UK, and when we went there and toured there, I will say that I half believe that because it didn't seem to work oh. very well. But, oh, that, it's hard, right? Right. The UK is, you know, <laughs> one of the oldest areas, but they're also one of the oldest areas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. I was gonna ask, wait. Japan, am I... Japan, I'm pretty sure is on top of their game. Yeah, they seem like they have it. like watch phones over there. They're crazy with technology. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not worried. You know. <laughs> Do you? Did you have questions? Oh. Um. Well. You, as as you may or may not know, we are a pop culture podcast, and we like to ask a question of the week dealing with something that happened in pop culture this week. So I'm going to ask you a question, but this is actually two questions in one. The other day it came out that uh, apparently on television they're remaking Murder, She Wrote. Oh, no. And And also they're going to make a sequel to It's a Wonderful Life. Which seems extremely long lapse in time between the Before original and the response, sequel. I actually said that last night. Is uh, I was working on computer stuff and I turned to Greg, my roommate, and my girlfriend. And I was like on a movie news site and I said, "Why in the world are they making It's a Wonderful Life too? And we all agreed. We were like, "What a weird, desperate thing to do." Yeah, yeah. Like this is a thing I wanted to ask: Is do you think there's even a call for a sequel to It's a Wonderful Life or a reboot of Murder, She Wrote? <laughs> uh, do you happen to know that I actually, my novel is called uh, The Last Temptation of Clarence Oddbody, which is based on It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> and please tell me that we're making fun of the movie that was optioned from your book. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good coincidence? No. Well, actually, no, I wrote funny. that movie, so I think there's a big need for it. <laughs> That's funny because a lot of people are posting that on my wall because uh, actually my most – the book that's doing the best is this book called Last Temptation well, of Clarence Oddbody. It's a wonderful it's life. It's not a fan fiction and it's not a sequel. <laughs> um, so like, a lot of people that I know are really upset because, it's, yeah, it's a ridiculous idea. And I read the synopsis of it, you know, cross between Christmas Carol, which why do we really need another version of, you know, Christmas Carol? Dickens. <laughs> Absolutely true. And – and I think it's his grandson. It's supposed to be like the Bailey grandson. It's it's ridiculous. What the What's um, the point of it if Jimmy Stewart's not alive? Like why? Because he's kind of like the reason that movie was successful. Because when it originally was made, it was kind of made. Well, when it was originally made, it kind of failed at the box office, but then became a huge Christmas classic later on. Yeah. But without him as like kind of an anchor are they going to digitally reanimate him like they tried to do in that with Tupac? Yeah, like with Tupac <laughs> or like they tried to do with uh Laurence Olivier in uh Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow and it was just really creepy. Like I feel like they're going to do something weird or Jeff Bridges and Tron Legacy make oh, him man. look all Stop. weird and 
CGI plasticky. I just don't well, understand what the point of it is. It's a Wonderful Life is obviously a class and a great movie, but why a sequel? It'd be like making a sequel to The Sound of Music. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, you know, I mean, me and my uh, editor of my book were, you know, we actually had a conversation online about it today. It's, it's you know, it's money. It's, I mean, it's obviously true. money. It's true. It's money. Uh, and maybe the rights, but I don't know if it's that time of year now where the rights are finally in public you know, access. I'm not sure. I thought that that was um, the reason that that movie became such a money maker for a television network is because it it had lapsed in the public domain before, and then they started showing on television, and that was when it became popular. It was years and years after it got made. Yeah, yeah, but there are there are still like my book isn't really legal. I mean, you can't. Oh. There are some uh, ties that the the estate has on what is actually done with it. Parodies. You can just do parodies, and you know it's it's a movie in a, in a studio, so you can watch, you know, you can have play the movie. But to actually do what they're doing, I think they had to have rights, or, or the rights have expired. Interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was I was only to defend myself, which I was trying to do today. <laughs> I didn't want to write it. I, I was in New York, and I was in the and I was a train, and I had this idea. Like I said, what if? I mean, I forgot his name right now. Uh, George Bailey's brother. I, geez, oh. I studied it for four years, and now I don't remember. But uh, I had theorized in my head that if, you know how they said he, he only lived because George was there to save him on that sled hill. Yeah. But I said to myself, he wouldn't even have been there, George, <laughs> if George wasn't born. <laughs> so it set me off on this, you know, that there is no really figuring out the history, you know, the history that it so spirals out so many different directions that there's no way you can actually an angel can even theorize. And I, I sat on that idea for a year. I tried to get it in my head because I was like, I'm not going to write a book on this. It went for life, <laughs> and it never went away. So I, I just I wrote it. Um, but uh, I, I definitely wouldn't consider it a sequel. <laughs> well, I love your writing, and I'm not just saying that because we're friends. So that's a good thing. But I guess all three of us agree that this movie is probably going to be stupid. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be pretty stupid. I don't. I. I. I wouldn't be surprised if it's killed in the water. You know. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Actually, that's true. It might not even come out. Wait, and even less relevant news. What percentage of people are excited that they're rebooting Murder She Wrote? I'll tell you who isn't excited is Angela Lansbury because she went on the internet, even though she's like. I think 90 now and yeah. she was really pissed that they were doing it really yeah why because she thinks it's because she was on that show for i don't know how many years yeah. and that was her character basically i mean i know they wrote the novels and stuff but when you think of when you think of uh you know her when you think of murder she wrote oh, you think, you of, think of angela Lansbury. yeah absolutely there's no doubt about that yeah well here's the thing i think that there's cool things you could do with what's been done and there's horrible things you could do with what's been done this whole idea of remaking things, I hate. Agree. The idea of but the idea of collage has always been around. The idea of you know rap music is basically born on this idea of collage, or you know the background the sounds. Um, right. There's so many creative things you could do with the past. You don't need to you know do it exactly as is. It's, oh yeah. I don't, I don't know why you waste time doing that. Who is playing? Have they announced who's playing the character? No, but my my guess is it's gonna be. My guess is they're going to do what they did before. Because they don't, like, it's, okay, it's going to go one of two ways. 
is it's either going to be on CBS and like literally made for their demographic for like their dramas, which is usually people above the age of 55, like around retiree age. Because that's why CSI and NCIS not so popular. Right. Or it's going to be on the CW and be a weird, like, oh, gritty yeah. young reboot. And, oh, like, she's going right. to be, like, a sexy, you know, like, <laughs> oh, detective. No. And, like, but Ka- and Cabot Cove is going to be full of, like, you know, heroin dealers and all kinds of stupid shit. Well, you guys can get back to me when they reboot in the heat of the night. And then maybe I'll be excited. For anybody listening, go ahead and Wikipedia that show. <laughs> <laughs> um... I have a question for both also, of you. They also feel they have the right because it's uh, based on a book, so you can always reinterpret a book. That's you it's know, true. True. Like Tim Burton did with uh, Willy Wonka, which I thought was a big mistake because don't get me started on Tim Gene, Burton. Yeah, once Gene, Gene Wilder was on that stage, you know, there was no way you were going to be able to no do it's justice funny. even with the Johnny Depp. There's just no it's way. Ed, I, I, think, that one. I think Johnny Depp did a great job, but you just can't ever compete with Gene Wilder in that role. It was made for no. him. No. No, there's some movies that were just too perfect to mess with. And I, I really honestly don't even know what he was thinking. I don't read articles about it. But I think he just, you know, a lot of that is, well, we got all this digital stuff now. We could do all the stuff we couldn't do before. Yeah. Most, but then write something similar but not the same. Most people know that I'm not a Tim Burton fan, so we shouldn't get me started on my tirade of Tim no, Burton. I don't like I do have a question for both well, of you, though. I, I was out of the gate, but then I lost interest because... You know, someone has said to me, he goes, if you watch, if you listen and watch those movies, they're very superficial. There's nothing deep yeah. in them at all. And I was that's like, true. oh, you're right. Yeah. That's all that. just, you walk out going, oh. And the one Tim Burton movie I love is because it doesn't pretend it is as Mars Attacks. Because it's so good and doesn't pretend to be anything other than what it is. It's a movie with a bunch yeah. of aliens and a bunch of stars and they all die. Yeah. And I'm okay with <laughs> that. But, uh, so what's your question? My question for both of you is, do you find this weird at all? My girlfriend texted me and said, what do you want to have for dinner? Like after we're done with the podcast. I said, I don't know. What sounds good to you? This is her response. I don't know. Dot, dot, dot. Corn? <laughs> like <laughs> like just corn on the cob? Or like I, I don't know. corn? Or just corn in general? I, I don't know. I'll tell you what well, I, I think would be disgusting is if she was talking about cream corn because that's like the most. No. First of all, cream corn is delicious. No. Yes. What do you think about this, John? Is cream corn delicious? Well, you know, almost almost everything is made out of corn when it comes down to it. That's very true. Um, <laughs> okay. So, well, it, in some ways, she was right, but you're right, though. Cream corn, I used to love cream corn as a kid. Now I, I can't stomach it. It makes me sick to I'm, think about it. I'm yeah. the same way. Cream corn and cream peas are both delicious. I'll mix them together in a bowl. Oh, God. What? <laughs> what? Don't just sound so offended about it. It's disgusting. <laughs> so, uh... I guess a question for people listening, uh, John. If you had to pick two records you played on for people to go check out now that might not be as familiar with, you know, the past and everything we're talking about, what would they be? Because I want people to go out and listen after this and check it out. But I don't want to give my – I mean, I can give my favorites, but I, I'd like it from the person who helped write and was there. Well, are you – you're talking about of, of all time records? Well, just no or records two? that you were in, like whether it be Weasel or Blackouts. What are two records that people oh, listening to this can, was, can go check out from you? Um, I assume that most people probably know the Weasel stuff. Um, I mean, I would recommend a lot of those, but the ones I would really recommend, my favorite record I've ever done is uh, even in Blackouts, uh, uh, followed by the Even. That is a great record. Um, and the other one is uh, the other one is the most. Uh, accident waiting to happen. Oh, that God. is a fantastic yeah, that's, record. That's amazing. Which, if you have not heard, yes, listen to the Mopes' Accident Waiting to Happen because it is amazing. 
Yeah, those are probably my two favorite records that I've been on, even above all the Weasel stuff. I think those are my those two favorite. Those are both records. That Mopes record, man. Yeah, it's so good. It is I love very that. Good. Now we just sound like we're just fanboys reminiscing yeah. about the good old days. <laughs> well, I guess with that, this has been good so far. Is there anything else we want to talk about or cover? Um, just yeah, I mean, uh, well, other than I guess, what? So you're just you're just right now just waiting to hear if you're going to go to Japan and be a wizard, which is the funniest that's, sentence to that's ever. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either we're going to go to Japan and be wizards, or we're going to San Francisco and we're going to prance on stage uh, doing performance art. Awesome. Well, it sounds like a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. It is a win-win. And the also, Japanese one has a lot more financial benefits, whereas San Francisco, we're going to have to go and kind of be homeless and just get by by the skin of our teeth. But well, I've, I've done that my whole life. So That's very true. I understand that. <laughs> so, Also, yeah, I mean, we'll link your books at, uh, on the uh, – Tumblr and all the musical links you put up yeah. and everything. We always we, do that. We got a video game to number one on a chart, so maybe we can get your book up on Amazon or something. <laughs> we like did. That. You have a little extra. We did money. help a video game. Yeah. So maybe. Wow. Which, uh, which video game? Uh, Gone Home, which everyone needs to check out. It's uh, oh. uh. Do you play video games at all? You know, I don't. But you know, Paige, I, I watch her play. And, uh, she actually, you know, lately she's been getting obsessed with uh, what are those calls where you watch people play? Uh, the, you play, you play it or something. I don't know what they're called, but so she's been more watching people. Play. I do know like, what you're talking about because home. my friend Mitchell has this weird thing where he always just watches people play games on YouTube. He goes through walkthroughs and he loves it. Yeah, there's these two guys called uh, Two Best Friends, and they have millions and millions of uh, hits. I didn't know there was this whole uh, culture of people that just watch people play video games online. It's very, yeah. very mind blowing. You know, it's to me. like a, it's like a not as good version of uh, Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> to me, um, very. But the, fair the one that she was watching that I really liked was Left 4 Dead. Oh yeah, Left 4 Dead's wonderful. I think Mitchell did the same thing. But uh, yeah, what um, what would you say? I also like uh, the, the, the the noir one. I wanted to play that one. Oh, like, Noir. It was it was pretty good, except it was really really until fun the last third until of it. Until the last third of it, and they just turned it into an action game. It was actually interesting and. You got to like interrogate people and see if they were lying and stuff, but then everything just came yeah. down to you going around shooting people anyway. So it didn't really have much to do with uh, it. Yeah. Okay. But it was really yeah, like cool. Horror stuff too, and I can't. You know, I was obsessed when I was when computers first came out with those early uh, touch and click or whatever those called. Uh, oh, point and click like adventure games, like. Point uh, and click. Yeah. Uh, I've not found a, hor- a horror one that 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 works for me since those early days. I think I played a game called Amber. Yeah, that game was great. It was, you know, it was scary, and uh, I, I've not found one yet that I. You, uh, really if you want, at some point, you should check out the game Amnesia. Oh man, it's sort of the same thing, only, it's a, it's, I mean, it's, it's like that. It's, it's kind of an adventure game or whatever, it's but terrifying. it's a really terrifying adventure. It gets horrifying because you don't fight anything. You're basically trying to solve puzzles under the threat of death in a very creepy old castle. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing: is I, I downloaded that, and I didn't have the PowerBook Mac that was the one right before you're allowed to play that. So oh. it doesn't oh, work. Oh, you downloaded Amnesia? We need yeah. to get those guys uh, on here. Yeah, but it's he couldn't game. run it though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Gone Home. Yeah, is a game we were talking about too, which uh, you should tell Paige. You guys should check it out. It's only twenty dollars. It's for PC or Mac. 
it doesn't require a lot. It's only about two to three hours long, and uh, you basically go into a house. You come home from being in Europe for a year, and your family's gone. There's a note on the door. And the game is very creepy, but there's no enemies in the entire game and no weapons. And all you do is you can pick up every item in the entire house, and you have to put together the story of what happened to your family. And it's beautiful and incredible. That sounds something more like I would like. I think you would like the sort of the, the, the shooting and the uh, the action of those. I tend to like the ones where you just sort of wander around. I like the shooting and the action too sometimes, but yeah, to that I say, you know, there's a million games for that. Gone Home came out and did something totally different. It's really great, so you should check that out. Yeah. There's this one that you're supposed to, you don't actually get to fight the ghosts or monsters. You have to run away. It's like how fast you can run and hide. <laughs> I heard that. I actually had never talked about it I think I saw it on Steam. I was actually looking up horror games on Steam, and I saw a bunch, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh, there is. I mean, that is Outlast. Oh, Outlast. Yeah. Outlast. Yeah. yeah that, yes. That game is fucking terrifying. It is so creepy. Justin told me about that a few weeks ago, and I've checked it out, and it's incredible. Ugh. Yeah, maybe I'll try one of those. Yeah, you, you should. should. You should. Um, but uh, as far as your podcast goes, I guess that would be like your main plug right now, right? This is probably the people can access the easiest of mine is yeah the new podcast um i actually just got a an old punk friend is uh funding me and we're starting our own website for the podcast oh congratulations I'm gonna have my own my own network and we're launching it uh monday which doesn't mean much to someone listening to this stuff uh, well no, I mean, no this, this will be up tonight <laughs> yeah this will be up tonight we so. get stuff done we don't mess around yeah. oh yeah okay yeah monday uh this monday is your um, old punk friend an unnamed backer, and will he fund us millions of dollars for big snackers? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask his uh, newborn baby that he's having this uh, tomorrow whether he wants to give someone else money. I think if I ask um, his baby that question, I might go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, what's the, uh, what's the yeah, link? So, um, we're launching it with the new episode, which is The Queers Don't Back Down. Nice. Has interviews many, many different people. Joe Queer, B-Face, J.J. Uh, Razzler, who uh, wrote a lot of the songs. Uh, Wimpy, from the first incarnation of the Queers. Lisa Marr, who sings on the record, who's oh, in, wow. uh, in pub. And Master Genie, who uh, recorded all of the great bands. Yeah, yes, that's amazing. Master so Genie went... featured on this podcast coming out Monday. Master Genie went from old school to new school from... Screeching Weasel, you know, Squirt Gun to the Queers to uh, Anti Flag to the Ataris. He's recorded everybody. Yeah, yeah, literally almost everybody yeah. in the funk scene <laughs> recorded true, for Very true. Okay, we'll put like the links up there. So, what's the website called? Is it is it just JugheadsBasement.com, or are you having like an actual yeah. different? Okay. Now that's exactly uh, that's exactly what it will be. JugheadsBasement.com. That's great. Well, we'll have we'll try and get everybody to check it out. Hopefully, Absolutely. we don't fuck up your server on monday with a bunch of people coming to it but um well that is exciting so yeah i can't wait to hear that episode and uh i guess we're going to be on your podcast soon i'm going to be on there so it'll be cool we'll do a cross podcast thing yeah i'm going to work it out you know i usually do uh older bands but i think every once in a while i'm going to do like new newer records so that's why i want to get you guys on and do the same sort of thing where i interview everybody get some people to write about you Awesome. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, my podcast, I can't get mine up the day that I do the interviews. It takes me about two or three weeks just to edit it. 
Well, see, you forget that you have a life. Yeah. We don't, and it works out great. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do when I leave here? I'm going to go eat corn, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to play some video games. <laughs> but, uh, okay, well, and I guess that's just about it. I think I'm out of all my ideas. Yeah. We just okay. talked for a good solid hour. Great. Well, thank you for being very informative and answering all of our questions and letting the fanboys and us be excited. You're welcome. And um, Thank you for letting me talk. Everybody go check out all the records that we talked about. They'll be at the, uh, on the uh, Tumblr link. Yep. All right, cool. All right. Thanks, Ta- John. Talk to you soon, John. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was fun. Yeah, that was awesome. So that was John Jughead Pearson, and uh, I don't know. You should check out all of his books. And Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to keep on, like, gushing. I don't think we're gushing, but I think um, gush, current no. generation doesn't understand the importance, I guess, some of these bands, Creature and Weasel still i think holds up with some of the best pop punk songs ever written and yeah i, I would agree check that. out i still consider uh television city dream one of my favorite albums of all time yeah if you're gonna do anything just look up screeching weasel speed of mutation which is off that album oh, and yeah. pop punk at its complete finest so it's an honor to have him you know hang out with us and talk to us cause yeah he's a very great. talented guy who's way smarter than either of us <laughs> shit <laughs> i felt like kind of intimidating honestly yeah, talking a, to him he's a very intelligent like, man um but speaking of music and maybe something more our speed that we could talk about is uh, this week marks the 20th anniversary of the release of 36 Chambers, the uh, classic. And Tribe Called Quest. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, so no. two of the most classic hip-hop albums. Yeah. Um, Wu-Tang album is perfect. We've been very fortunate is that we actually got Ghostface Killer to actually talk to us today, which we never thought we'd ever get. Yeah, so. I hope he's not like, mad that he had to sit over no, another I room. I know, but, uh, all right, uh, Ghostface, gotta get his manager. Yeah! Hey, come on in, man. Yeah, man, Killer B's in the building! How you doing, man? Uh, no, I'm doing good. Should we call you by Ghostface, your real name? I don't call know. Call me whatever, man. Call me whatever, you call me Buddha, man. I'll just call you Ghostface, that's fine. No, you can call me Buddha, man. Buddha? Buddha, man. Buddha, man. Yeah, man. Okay, I'll call you Buddha, man. Let me, uh, so Ghostface, you just released your, No, uh, Buddha, man. Buddha, man, you just, uh... Release your uh, softest rappers in the game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and look that up for you right now. But uh, in the meantime, you know, this is the 20th anniversary of Wu-Tang. Yeah, 36 Chambers, Shaolin style. So uh, let's talk about that. 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that this album would have the impact? Yeah, of course I did. It's Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. I know uh, what you fucking talking about, motherfucker. What's your first album? I didn't really, you wouldn't have really known... You had ODB, RZA, Raekwon. Come on, man. Okay. Method Man. We had all the stars, man. I know who's man. in Wu-Tang. I, I just... know, but y'all acting like you don't. <laughs> okay, Buddha Man. Let's go. Uh, number 10 on your list was yeah. Kid Cudi. Yeah. You seen that stupid motherfucker walk down the street? He want to act hard? He hit somebody in the face the other day. Did he? Yeah. He was wearing a wrestling singlet. <laughs> Okay. What, kind of, what kind of pussy motherfucker wear a wrestling singlet? Kid Cudi, that's who. Okay, Kid Cudi, number 10. That's a good one. Number 9, Big Sean. Yeah, I'm sick of that motherfucker. Okay, I mean... Look his, at him. His new album wasn't great. Yeah. And that don't mean shit. I, <laughs> you think he ever did anything as crazy as what I did? No, I don't think he acts like hey, he Hey, you has see it. this bracelet I got on with that big fucking eagle on it? I, I do. That eagle was real. I pour boiling platinum on my own arm. 
killed an eagle trying to steal my watch. There's still a watch <laughs> under there. I don't think that eagle is bigger than six to eight inches. I don't think that That's was That's why it was trying to steal a watch. Is it a baby eagle? Yeah, it's trying to buy food for his family and shit. Which I respect his grind and everything, but I had to pour boil and platinum on because I was like, that'd be tight to have it on my arm the whole time. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, number eight, Mickey Fax. I don't even know who that is. You wrote That's it. why I think he's soft. <laughs> okay, all if right. I don't know who he is, I was... <clears throat> okay, uh, number seven, I'd like to read your quote here. Asher Roth. Hey, yo, this Snow Asher gets points for staying true to his own Cracker Jack self and yeah, shit, yeah. but he's still a marshmallow-ass motherfucker. Hey, yo, it's like this N-word made out of baby powder. Now I'm saying? This N-word is human baby powder and the flesh, son. If you ain't under the age of 22 and don't have no vagina, you basically, basically ain't got no excuses to be listening to this dude's music. Yeah, he like baby powder, you know? Okay. Uh, you well, want to rub them on you and then you're done with them. Oh, I that's thought you what meant because he was them. white. That's what I do with them. That's what I do with rappers. You rub them I'm on you? I'm done with them. Oh, you're wiping your hands of them. Do you literally... No, I rub them on me and then I'm done <laughs> with oh, them. So you do literally rub them on you. All right, number five, Wale. Yeah, what are you talking about? Shoes all the time? What's he got to do? I, huh? I, I don't... He named that to that robot that in those question? movies and uh, shit? No, no, fuck not him. Wally. No, fuck him. No, it's not. No, that's what he, he gonna buy garbage? Huh? I mean, he trying to eat garbage or whatever. No, that's Wally. Man, I don't even remember that movie. That's were you high? Yeah, fuck yeah, I was high. Okay, fuck. all right. And then they found that plant, and he was friends with a roach. Was he think he is Theo Huxtable on the Cosby Show or some shit? Okay, you know what? No, let's fuck to, that. Okay, let's go to number four. Soft motherfucker. Okay, number four, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, what's that pussy doing with all them tattoos? Oh, I live in Pittsburgh, black and yellow. Oh, I have a football team with a rapist as the quarterback. Can't argue with you there. Probably got raped by Ben Roethlisberger. That's think... soft motherfucker. <laughs> I want I've Ben Roethlisberger all over me. Baby powder. And then you'll be done, with them. Up, be done with them. Be done with them, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, you got any more questions about who was on my list? I know who's on my list. Okay. Well, yeah, you wrote it. Well, you still might not because you actually don't know who Mickey Fax is. Yeah, on the list. you're right. You're right. I had somebody ghostwrite that for me. Is that supposed to be clever? No. Okay. Hold on a second. I'll ain't go to the it bathroom. though? Yeah, I'll be right back. I mean, I just gotta tell you something. What? I ain't that soft, man. I don't think you are. No, but y'all act like I no, am. You're That's a big why man. I have to write this fucking list, man. Okay, I don't think you're soft. I don't want any problems. You're a big man sitting across from yeah, me. Yeah, big Buddha. Thank you, big Buddha. I don't Ayo. know where that came from, but thank you. Uh, I'm gonna go use the restroom. I'll be right back. I right. go ahead. You better stay the fuck in there too. I need to finish the interview. No. My dude's coming in here. He's taking over this podcast. Uh, Fuck right. you. All right. Get go ahead. Soft motherfucker. Talk about your I might rub more. you. I might rub okay. you on myself. And be done with me. I know. I know. Yeah. Go ahead and You're going to be done. Talk about your list. All right. So, that list, I want everybody to know it's because I don't want anybody to know that I'm actually soft. Like, I got a velvet pillow. I'm going on the first, I'm going on the first ride to space on Virgin Galactic, right? And I got this velvet pillow I'm going to sit on. And then I'm going to fly on it when we go up to space like Aladdin. Rack that don't City. make me soft. That don't make me That don't make me soft, does it? Nah, what's up, though? Hey, what's up, Tiger? That's my dude. Rack City, bitch. Rack, Rack City, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you love that song. That's mine. It's my stripper. I feel like that's the only song you was ever on. Nah, man. I got that Lime in the Coconut song, dude. Yeah, what was that about? I might have to put you on my list next year. Nah, it's about Rub slime. Rub you on myself. Nah, man. What's up, though? Hey, what's up, man? You know. How you living? 
I'm Rack City, bitch. Rack, Rack City, bitch. I know. You talking about money you put on girls' titties, but I never seen you do that. You don't even have any money. You hang out uh, with me. Man, uh, I know man. I've been seeing you stealing diamonds off my charm and shit. Nah, man. I'm tiger, dude. I got that lime in the coconut. No, uh, I, I heard you been hanging out with Rack Rick Ross. City. Nah, man. Nah, I, it's like this. Check it out. I'm working on my new album for Tiger. I'm reinventing myself this time. All right, what's it gonna be like though? My first album, you know, came out. I had the lime and the coconut song. It had a uh, produced by Travi McCoy. It was a little soft. I ain't gonna front. Yeah, it was a little he soft. Oh, Travi soft as fuck. But uh, I came out with that album. I reinvented myself. I got tattoos. I stopped hanging out with Travi, and then you know I signed to uh, what label I'm on? Young Money. I'm a, I think I'm on Young Money. Yeah, with that soft motherfucker, Lil Wayne. Uh. Album number two came out. We got Rack City started to take over. If you've seen the the cover of that album, it's me on a king's throne. And I uh, You're still soft though. Why are you on nah, king's throne? You ain't a king. Nah, I'm a king. And, king of uh, what? King of so, homeless people? I don't know. If would you, you make that? Would you make that throne out of old aluminum cans and shit? Nah, man. But I'm telling you, uh, living on face, a fucking train boat, car. Uh, I got a, uh, you know, and then uh, you heard me on that uh, YOLO song. Motto, but uh, so Tiger got a new image coming out. Album number three, coming March fifteenth, twenty fourteen. All right, man, I'll give you a benefit of doubt. What's this new image then? New image is a little different. Instead of trying to be hard or soft or anything, what I'm doing is I'm reinventing myself. My name's Mike Brady. Like what the I, dude on TV. Who that? Like Mike, like that dude on, like the guy on that movie, that nah, movie man. with oh. the dude. I'm taking it back to real. What Mike Brady is, is he works in an office and uh, types information into a computer. And he raps about everyday shit. All right, like what? So I'm keeping it real. Like what I'm saying is Mike Brady, he comes out, you know, he spent his day, he got coffee from Starbucks in the morning. He went to work. He typed in some uh, information and now he's going home to probably cook up some ramen noodles and I'm I'm rapping from that viewpoint of the everyday person because I relate to people. Hey, you should ask that dude who went to the bathroom about that. He about to go just eat corn. Just corn? Fresh. Yeah, just straight corn. I don't even know what he's talking Cream about. Cream corn? No, just corn by itself. I don't even know. He said his girl going to make him corn. What kind of girl makes somebody corn, man? That's soft. That's soft. But I'm going to give you a preview of uh, Tiger's new album coming March 15, 2013. Uh, it's called Mike Brady, uh, The Saga, Chapter 1. And, uh, go ahead and uh, give me a little bit of a beat or something. How am I going to give you a beat? I ain't a producer. I'm Big Boo, the Ghostface Killer. I don't need no mic. These people got to hear what I'm about to say anyway. You don't need no mic. You were from a mic. What are you I'm talking about, you beats, dumb motherfucker? Nah, man. Come on, Rack City, bitch. <laughs> I'll put so, you on my next you. list. That's nah, it. Number one, you taking Drake's spot. Nah, man. Check this out. This is hard, though. This is real rap. This is bringing back real life. You ready? Yeah. This is a verse off the album, March 15th, Young Money. I invite you on this podcast that I'm not even part of. I walk into the place, got a pencil and a pen. Look over from the desk, and what do I see? I see a hot bitch in the office. Office. See that hook right there? That's Future. Speaking no, that's, I'm singing like Future. Oh, okay. But that's him on you the hook. You have him on the hook. Yeah, yeah. Future, because he Where sounds you like. Where get the money for that? Nah, because Future sounds like a T Pain had a cold. I understand, but where you get the money for that? Young Money, MOB. Money over everything. Money over everything. 
All right, but you didn't even finish. First, your verse didn't even rhyme. Okay, that's because it's revolutionary. I'm keeping it real. Not everybody's good at that's rhyming. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is everybody good at rhyming? Robert Frost, motherfucker. Not that. Y'all okay, know fine, say everything. fine. I, I have you, to rhyme the same poetry. I'll give, I'll give you a different verse, you're okay? From the streets. This off track seven. Like this song uh, features future let as me, well. Let me, let me guess. What's up? Did the copy machine jam? No, I didn't. So you ready? All right, let me guess. Did the fax machine jam? No, you ready for this? I got hot coffee. I ain't talking Grand Theft Auto. I got a Mexican coworker. His name is Pablo. When we go up to the bar after work gets out, it's 5.30 p.m. Happy hour, my dick's out. And then I see this hot bitch walking in the door. Then I see this hot bitch getting on the floor. I'm not twerking, 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 twerking. twerking. Who oh, you got to twerking, 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 twerking. That's future again right there. This is like real rap, though. What's she? It's not. You go from you go from talking about how you were in an office building and you like yeah. some dumb motherfucker drinking. I'm telling you, it's real life. You okay. nah, hold on, man. I'm trying to explain that not everybody has the rapper persona. Some people go to work all day and they let loose at night, and that's what I'm doing. Mike Brady, Rack City bitch. Are you seriously gonna do this? You just rapping about your real life now? You are nah. you attempting an office building? I, you be real with me. Uh, you be real with me. Uh, Man, I'm telling you, uh, Tiger Image ain't doing so well, man. I don't got no choice, man. I'm trying to grind, but I mean, Rack City, bitch. Is that didn't... why you keep trying to sell me pins? Listen, man, I ain't going front. I got to do what's best for me and mine. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it, man. You're going to write all these songs about that, but you don't even have future on your songs. You're just going to make that noise, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds basically like him anyways, do it not? I mean, it does sound a lot like him. Dude does sound like he's always just jacking off in his songs. But I thought it sounded like he had a cold, but... But that sound you just made sounded like he was coming, though. Ooh! Yeah, and you never come before? Man, I'm going to lie. I ain't got no dick. <laughs> well, that's too... That's unfortunate for you. Things ain't but if doing you could so know good. what it was like, that's what it's like sometimes. Things ain't going too well for Tiger, man. Apparently not since you was born, man. I don't you even come you, back. Was you born with no dick? Somebody cut your dick off? Man, I'm like a Barbie doll. You a eunuch? I don't know what that means. You mean you got no dick? Yes. You ain't never, did somebody cut it off, though? Nah, it's not, I ain't got you one. You just never had one? Nah, man. Rack City, bitch. <laughs> so why you always talking about bitches and stuff? Is it to overcompensate? It's called the American dream. So you're overcompensating for your no dick having asked by rapping about putting money on bitches' tits. Yeah, tip. well, I can do that without no dick. I know, but you're always talking about getting your dick sucked and stuff in the uh, club and whatever. Big balls, And yeah. now you're talking about Rack girls City twerking bitch. in a Chili's. Twerking in Chili's. I didn't say Chili's. Maybe it was Macaroni Grill, I'm just grill, assuming it's Chili's because that's where I met you at. Listen, man, I like Macaroni Grill. I like Chili's. Hey, how come you I was like at Perkins. That, wait a second. How come you was at that Chili's anyway? You was wearing that uniform and shit. You working a second job nah, at Chili's? Uh, nah, man. I was shooting a video for my song, Chili's Bitch. That ain't... <laughs> you were not shooting a video or no cameras nowhere. Yeah, it's all... Uh, it's from the perspective of a real man like Mike Brady, so it's all the office, uh, like the hidden cameras uh, in the restaurant to make it look like I work there. <laughs> real men like Mike Brady have Rack. hidden cameras in restaurants? Rack City, bitch. I don't get what you're saying, hidden cameras in a restaurant. 10, 10, 10. 20, <laughs> bitch. You're not even answering my question. you just saying I'm, I'm words here, from man. an old song. Man, I'm out of here. I put the lime and the coconut. You know what I'm saying? The I'm fuck? You're going to be number one on my list next year. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Go find yourself a dick.
Hello? Yeah, I don't know what that motherfucker was doing in here. Oh, hey, Ghostfaced. What's up? Nothing. Uh, did you call me Ghostfaced? Yeah, I did. That ain't my name. Okay, you know what? We're almost done here. This has been a good episode with you, Ghostface. Uh, Big Buddha. Yeah, that's right. So tell us what you have coming up. Come up. What do you want to plug? We'll put it on the uh, on the Tumblr. Well, recently I wrote an article for GQ magazine about what type of mud masks that you should wear on your face. Keep exfoliated, but not too exfoliated. Okay. I also got a tattoo of, you know, Beauty and the Beast, that movie. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I got a tattoo of, like, that little dude that's made out of the candles and shit. Okay. Lou Mayer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that hard motherfucker. I are got you, a tattoo Are you plugging him. your tattoo? Yeah, I got a tattoo. You're going to see a lot of it. It's on my face. You just uh, can't uh, see it right now because I'm wearing a mud mask. You know what I mean? I know that you're wearing a mud mask. I noticed that. I was going to ask. I didn't know if I should. What, you going to say I'm soft, motherfucker? Because I wear a mud I'm mask? I'm not going to say that. Because no. I get manicures? Because the other day, you know, I'm not. You I know went what? to a tailor shop. Okay. Got outfitted for a new dress. <laughs> okay. That I feel is very comfortable. Okay. You know what? If you're comfortable, it's good. That's all that matters. No, I know what you're trying to say. I'm literally not saying anything. Racist motherfucker. Well, excuse me? Saying a black man can't wear a dress. I can't rub other people on him like baby you powder and get rid of them. You can do whatever you want. Um, oh, is that true? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you want to plug your. Beauty and the Beast My tattoo. My Lumiere tattoo. The fact that I'm going to be on Virgin Atlantic and I'm going to sing A Whole New World from the Aladdin soundtrack while floating on a velvet pillow. That's interesting. I like, okay. No one's going to see it. I'm just saying I'm doing it. Okay. Why don't you videotape it or something? Why would I want to videotape it? That's for me. Oh, so you're plugging things that no yeah, one's going to no see. No, you're right. <laughs> okay. Uh, plug how it works is you're telling the audience listening. I know how to fuck a plug work. Oh, okay. You're just disregarding. You think I don't know how to work an air conditioner? Okay. Put it in the wall. Turn it on. <laughs> I was just telling you things that I was excited about. No, a plug in this. You're going to act like such a dick to me. <laughs> no, what I'm man, saying is. I don't even understand. A plug work. You're going to act like this. Okay, no. we're, we're done. Why we're done. you going to act like this? We're done. Uh, so yeah, see him out. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Justin? What? What? What's going on? Nothing. We just did the Ghostface interview. Oh. It was a. Uh, it was a disaster. Oh, that's good. Tyga came in. Why? I don't know. Wait, the guy that Rick Ross hangs out with that holds his butter? No, no. Well, maybe, but Tyga that did the Rack City song. Um, he's not doing so oh. well. I'll tell you that much. What is it? Why did it? I saw him at a Chili's the other day. Yeah, he works there. Well, he says he doesn't work there, but I think we all know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that guy. Man, so uh, this has been a very interesting episode. Yeah, it has we haven't even gotten to half the stuff you wanted to do, which yeah, I guess I we'll have to wait till next week. Yeah, it will, because we have a lot of cool stuff coming up next week. And uh, well, okay, well, is there anything else you want to add? I want to talk about video games. Man, time flies here. Yeah, no, um, that works out because actually, um, I got my PS4, and I will say, happy with it. I've been playing it. I have good and bad things, but I'm also getting the Xbox on Friday. Yeah. So next week we can focus a lot of time to talk about both systems. So we should try and get uh, somebody from like Amnesia. We should do that. Or something on. Hey but Amnesia, come but, talk to us. Yeah, we've got a podcast. We like video games <laughs> and we like football. And we like jiggling ourselves around. Girls on trampolines, beer. You know? No, Adam Carolla, yeah. please, come please, on, no. Oh, Adam.
Come on, guys. So, I guess is that is that it? Yeah, ask more questions. It's a, it was really fun to answer those, and uh, maybe one day soon. Well, we've been toying with the idea, but maybe keep an eye out on Twitter. Oh, follow us on Twitter first of all, Big yeah. Snackers, um, at Big Snackers, and also like the Facebook page. Obviously, rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes to help out. But um, we were thinking about in a couple of weeks maybe doing one where right before we start recording, we put out the Skype number and take your calls. Yeah, we like to do some live calls, so we're going to do that next week. And well, you talk about Soldier Boy. A couple weeks from what? now, probably. Oh, come on, man. All come right, on, maybe buddy. Maybe we'll next week, right, buddy? Yeah. And uh, I want to talk about video games, Soldier Boy, movie. i got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So I guess we'll be here next week. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. And Oh, uh, you have a show on Friday in Cincinnati if anybody's interested. I do. We don't ever play here. So if you'd like to come uh, and you live in Cincinnati, come. We're playing at Legends Bar and Grill uh, with some good bands and some friends from Canada called Living With Lions who are on Billy Joe from Green Day's record label. And uh, come hang out. I also have a show on Friday, so fuck your show. That's fine. It's in Hamilton, Ohio. There's nobody's going to come to that. <laughs> it's at Ryan's Tavern if anybody feels like coming it's to it. It's at my though. tavern, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, it, it actually is at, at, at Ryan's, like Ryan Rockwell's Tavern. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for all the great feedback. Uh, please spread this to everyone you know. Rate us on iTunes and follow us, and uh, let's be friends. Follow us in real life around. If you see us, just walk, walk behind that. us. All right, well, uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Signing out. This is Pease. Go on, get. Get him out.